457 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... Boy, this has been a clusterfuck. <laughs> nice. <Yeah>. Good. Um, <laughs> we announced last week, we announced for a few weeks we were supposed to record at the Nerd Corner today. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, we were not able to record there today, which created a complete and total clusterfuck of a situation. Because we have Jamal from Uncle Janny here to talk not only nerd, but food. Yeah. We love food. Jamal, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Sean, Ian, it's great to be here. Um, they can't see me, but uh, I'm a 300 plus pound uh, man, so you know I love food. No. There you go. Yeah. I trust you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. If there's one thing I trust is a fat man who talks food. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm one of them. Yeah. So I know. Uh, well, my doctor doesn't want me to be one no, anymore. No, no, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll have to take a picture as I try to lose lose some weight here. At least they'll have the memory. Yeah. You know, of, of, of your that. former self. Yeah, exactly. I was once. How how hard is okay like. I worked in the restaurant industry for a long time, but at the time I didn't have a car, so I was walking to and from work. And, like, how hard is that? Because, I mean, you're dealing with, you know, meat. Like, that's that's your... Yeah, well, I mean, it's different now, you know. Working in the restaurant... Well, we got to separate everything. Um, From, like, you know, working, you know, traveling like Ann said he does and working... Directly at a restaurant for a boss, and then working for yourself. Right, they're like, all totally different. I mean, working for your like, you get worked to death, you know, and you don't really have time to sit and eat like in a restaurant and stuff like that. And working for yourself, um, and then getting you know like working from home and everything else like that, totally different because now you know, you've you've got to be kind of that motivated guy and kind of working for right. home so the the food stuff is has, has definitely changed um you know i kind of get caught up on you know trying to improve one recipe at a time so i'll eat mac and cheese repetitively for a month straight oh, because yeah, i'm trying okay. yeah. to to perfect um, it yeah exactly yeah. so but you know uh, talking to all the nerds out there you know you know i went from being somebody who didn't write down anything to now I can't make a recipe where I don't write down right. and weigh everything. Sure. And sure. so you you kind of evolve along the process, you know. Yeah. Everybody, you know, in the beginning, yeah, you're trying to do everything. Right. And I think that's what you're getting at is when you're dealing with everything. So you're doing, you know, this or that, brisket, pulled pork, chicken, like kibasi. Right. Um yeah, in the beginning, you're trying to do that, um, but then you kind of you kind of come through that keyhole and you learn about you know business and you gotta perfect one thing at a time. That's why I've done mac and cheese right like a whole bunch of times, uh, you know, because you got to do it while it's fresh and, and you know it's in your mind. Right. Um, the strike so while the iron's hot. Yeah, exactly. And you got to mess up a lot, so you get you get tired, <laughs> you know, of doing stuff. So the more you do. The the quicker you get through that ten thousand hours of being a master, um, that's when you that's when something alerts you, um, you know. I, and I'm guessing that's the same thing in the nerd realm as well, because um, there's a lot of 
There's a lot of nerdy stuff to go along with um, barbecue sauce formulation, recipes in general. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a science. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know we, we're good friends with the, you know, Big Rig Barbecue, and, like, you could, you know, it's a science to what, you know, how long you smoke a meat, what seasonings you're putting on that meat, how, you know... And it's, you know, it's the same with all that type of stuff. Like it's, it's a, it's an absolute science on how do you get the taste that yeah. you're looking for, compared to, you know, somebody else just saying, oh, that's just bullseye, you know. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> this is why, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, you can tell whether, yeah. <laughs> you can tell whether something, you know, the smoke is sauce based or it's permeating the meat, that kind right. of thing. All those different things. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, different so aspects. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean about, like, working... I, I could see where... I think, like, from a weight issue, I would I would uh, probably gain more working from home and eating than working on a line and just grazing for eight hours or ten hours. Because that's what I called it, grazing. Because yeah. I used to yeah. line cook. I, yeah, I yeah. line cooked for how long? Forever. Yeah, forever, yeah. And, yeah, but uh, you don't you sweat kinda... as much as you do at home, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, the, the last uh, thing I did for restaurants was a server, and... Back at that time, you know, with the right diet, you know, you can lose a lot of weight because you're just constantly moving at home. Right. You know, you're sitting down. I got my, um, not plugging anything, but I got my books note air over here yeah. out. Uh-huh. You know, kind of, it's my notepad. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be, kill less trees, but you still got to do something. But it's the same thing. You got the notebook open, you know, and you're just sitting down and you're like writing ideas. Nobody's barking at you to move back and forth. Right. And I only mention that because that anybody who who knows my shtick knows that at the restaurants I always kept a notebook handy. Right. So like I've got notebooks and notebooks, um, which I pull out, which I wouldn't take like note. I take anything that popped in my head business wise. You know, I'd write it down in a notebook kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I've got random notebooks of just random ideas. You know. People have laughed, you know, because I let close, you know, friends read, and it, it it's, it's the musings of a madman, because it, it, it's like part, like, part fanfic, part business, no, like, it's like somebody with, it, it, um, what's that movie with James McAvoy, Split? Yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. like you handed him a notebook, and you were reading the different personalities. Yeah, all exactly, because it's just, it's all over, because it's different kind of business ideas, um, life ideas, life goals. It, it's literally whatever pops into my head so I don't forget it. And, you know, it's that kind of stuff. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of funny, like, skits I would just try to write out in the beginning. Um, so there's comedy. Um, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. That's why this is, is perfect. Because um, I would concept for episodes... You know, that's cool. That's kind of stuff. It's almost like a, a book of dreams, like pretty much. You're just not letting, um, just not letting the per. The, that's another. I guess that was my kind of way of not letting um, anything get to me. You know, like yeah, yeah. not letting the you know kind of extinguish the dream. You know, if you just keep, you know, writing those notes, your brain never kind of trails off, and you don't kind of fall asleep. Um, I would have said like red pilling it, but I guess the alt right ruined that. Um, you know, so yeah. I guess. Um, but it, it's that kind of thing where yeah. you just don't want to, you don't want to fall asleep. And uh, yeah, I kind of did that, and I, I've kind of been going over um, 
you know, I as I was because I I, tr- I just recently transcribed um, some of the notes that I had from uh, from way back and just for Star Trek. I've just been trying to put it back in to this. Yeah. Um, and I started in about oh, this is going way back, probably. I don't know, 97, 98, uh, I did start trying to write, like, I start, you know, um, an Academy series, but I just wrote down, like, concepts and stuff like that, and, but I, I have a notebook back at home where I was starting to flesh out the aliens we were going to see. It was going to be set probably after, D- I'm a DS9 fan. Okay. Um, so it was probably going to be set after that, you know, and I was looking at all the races, I was, I was going to bring in new races and stuff like that, um... Um, and so I was like transcribing that and, um, in high school, you know, uh, the main character, I picked out, you know, somewhere I was just like, you know, maybe we can go with like an Indian lead or something like that. Um, and then I, I was looking at my notes and I, um, cause I picked it back up like briefly, um, when I lived in state college and, you know, I kind of, I kind of copped out cause like. Now the lead's name is like Aaron. I kind of whitewashed. Um, I don't know what happened, but it was kind of, I yeah, it was. I, I felt kind of bad in that moment because I didn't. I, you know, I went one way. You know, I, I I went away from what I wanted to do like in high school because I mean it was a pure choice. Right. At that time, I wasn't thinking. I I want to like make a political statement. I was just like, you know, I wanted to see you know another. Another group win, like, you know, Indians, like... Yeah, yeah. wonder what an Indian guy, you know, kind of would do, in, you know, in that captain's chair. Or not even captain's chair, just in the academy. Just... Right. How would he navigate it? And I kind of took that moment away. But, you know, it, it, in the writings, the, I mean, the bones are still there for the good stories. I just... Right. I kind of... And some of the, some of the concepts are fun, but some of them are repetitive. A, a few of them actually... Um, kind of have been not so much co-opted, but they kind of hit on them. I mean, there's been four or five series since the original writing and like fleshing out all the episodes. So yeah, yeah. I was looking. I, I got up to about sixty, you know, like paragraph kind of concepts. Oh, that's kind of so, cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Sixty-ish. I'd say about. You know, and this is stuff building on somebody, you know, I'd say maybe 19 to 20 are pretty good concepts, but you got to take into in account how much we've seen and how little of the world I'd seen at, you know, 16, 17. Right, right, right. That right. kind of thing, you know, because there's, and I, I didn't want to do this this early, but, you know, it kind of, I'm bashing the new Star Trek already, I, I but... It just kind of seems like the same concepts they were doing, like I was interested with at like 16, 17, is just all blowed up, kind of just, yeah, you know, we're all going to die, explosions kind of thing. Don't want to be negative. I want to be positive, you know, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I want to talk about your business, but you, we're going down the Star Trek rabbit hole right now, so let's just dive in head first. Yeah. Like you and I were talking before Ian showed up, before we started recording, like, you know, I don't want to say you dislike the the newer stuff, but you certainly don't have it like it's not as beloved as DS Nine to you. Clearly, let's put it. I am a Star Trek fan, right. so uh, I'm going to watch Star Trek regardless. Right. 
Um, it's like pizza, you know. <laughs> even the bad ones are good. Uh, it's just I have some suggestions, you know. I I I do go into some of the new Star Trek and just feel kind of disheartened. Um, we haven't talked about my feelings of Picard. The Picard series, I absolutely loathe. Okay. Wow. I absolutely loathe it. Uh, at least the first season. Um, I refer to that metaphorically as a hot pocket. And basically what I mean by that is we all remember when we've microwaved a hot pocket where it's both molten hot in spots and ice cold in others. Right. That was the first season of Picard for me because it was both boring and full of explosions. And so that's that for me. Um, uh, do, you, do you think part of that is, you know, Patrick Stewart's 80? No. Like, I, I mean, no. Like, like, honestly, no. like, I mean, or it's is hard. It the writing thing. Like, it, it's hard, I, I would th- imagine it's got to be hard to write an action adventure series around. Well, see, here's a, the thing a, a guy that old. Star Trek was never an action show. No, it wasn't. It was an adventure show yeah. with some action. And now, you know, like Alex Kurtzman, J.J. Abrams, they're like, let's flip the switch. I was watching something that made me <laughs> angry earlier today because he's he kept mentioning Game of Thrones. I've never seen the show. Uh, I'm probably going to hold a grudge against it now. <laughs> but uh, I think that's what they wanted. They wanted... Because... I watched Major Grin, or I guess he changed his name to Nitpicking Nerd, but he kind of showed the parallels. Like, they ripped, in Star Trek Discovery, they ripped a scene, and it's literally scene from scene from Game of Thrones. It's Pedro Pascual and the mountain, and it literally goes scene for scene. Um, And I I didn't even realize, well, I, I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but it was like, I couldn't believe it because he like played it beat for beat, and it's and it's it's something you can't copy because it's a fight scene, and Pedro Pascal's about to kill the I guess the mountain, but he's like don't die yet, and then you know it goes back and forth, and then both scenes reverse. I don't need to say spoiler because Game of Thrones is over, right? Um, and then it reverses, and then the both the guys on the other side end up winning, and end up sending, saying a person's name, because the whole scene, the guy was like, you say her name, the guy that ends up losing. And I'm just like, wow, that's... I couldn't believe that. Because one of my gripes was, especially with Discovery, <clears throat> unimaginative writing and stuff like that, nonsensical science. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's... Discovery is more missed chances... Um, I would say it'd be a good, if I were under oath, I would say Star Trek Discovery would be a good science fiction show if you didn't have the Star Trek name. Because they get, they get a lot of the Trek stuff wrong and the member berries are misplaced. So if they were just, if they didn't try to be Star Trek, like if they just ran it back. As a science fiction show. As a science fiction show. It'd be like a C-plus science fiction show. Okay. Um, but it would be a C-plus science fiction drama. Uh, and But as a track show, it is... Uh, I say it's failing. Okay. Uh, we both love Discovery. But we're also 
you know, first and foremost in our hearts is Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. So, but you guys also have the Mandalorian and now the right. Book of Boba Fett. So right. Oh. But, like, so, like, to, but I love Star Trek as well. Yeah. Like, the Enterprise is my second favorite ship. The movie version of the Enterprise. Yeah. With the, the square in the cells. Yeah. That's, like, my favorite version of the ship. I, I love ship designs and, like, that, that version of the, of the Enterprise. So, yeah. Like, so, like, my love, like, I, I, I saw the motion picture in a theater. <laughs> gotcha. You know. Yeah. So well, well, let's well, let's let's delve into. And my mother was a huge Trekkie. Right. Yeah. My mom watched it exactly. On the, old but let's delve watch into it on the original series, like Discovery. The difference is, like, I understand what they're trying to do. Right. And I also know, like, I can't be ungrateful. That's why I say. That's why I did the pizza analogy, because even the bad stuff right. is good. Mm. You know what Discovery has done, and even Picard. As I roll my eyes, they brought in more money. Right. And I can't poo-poo that. I just, I'm just kind of voicing my displeasure. Right. But let's let's go. Why do Why do you guys? Not, I don't. I don't just like why you guys. But let's kind of go over why you guys love it. Um, and maybe I can kind of share my my right. my disappointments. Well, like, like first of all, I always felt the ship itself in its original setting bothered me, like. The spore drive being pre-Kirk, I was like, "This makes no fucking sense." Yeah, like, what? How? Like, how would this have not have taken off by the time Kirk is is captain? Right. Yeah. You know, and I liked how they like, well, okay, we got rid of the ship, sent to the future, where now the spore drive does make more sense. Yeah. Um. I, I think like watching the first season of Discovery. Outside of my gripe of like, well, the spore drive makes no sense in this time period. It just it. There was something about. I mean, first off, Lorca as the captain. Yeah. Mm. Like, like we were just like. Yeah. You know, this is this guy's phenomenal, and you know, you get the twist of him being from the mirror universe. I thought the mirror, like, like it just it struck a chord with me. Like, it it didn't feel like. Star Trek per se, yeah. but it felt like Star Trek, but it had it had more of the action adventure than just being an adventure. Okay, right. yeah, which is what I like. Um, I, I I think season two was very good. I it had problems. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to say it's perfect. No, you know, no. I'm, by, by any stretch. Yeah. Season three, I thought it went off the rails a little bit. Well, not a little, a lot, especially when you find that, like, you know, it, it's, this kid was, you know, he's got a connection to the lithium, that's what caused to burn, like, I was like, oh, this, yeah. this feels, this feels too rotten. I didn't enjoy that season as yeah. much as. Yeah, but yeah. this season I've enjoyed a lot so far. Like, it feels like you got back to season one. But, I mean, again, like, I, well, I love Star Trek, I don't have... Like, I like the next generation, yeah. but I thought it was boring. I like Deep Space Nine, uh, you know, the Carda- the, the Cardassian, Cardassian War, good God. I thought that was fantastic storytelling. Yeah. I, I, I think overall, I think Deep Space Nine is probably the best show <coughs> that they did. Well, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna ignite it. Yeah. You're going to ignite a war. 
Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I don't care because I'm not in. I'm not. Yeah, I'm you're not, not deep in that head. head you start it up and you get to yeah. go home. Exactly. But I do. I I love. I, I D Space Nine. Like I, I thought, um, Avery Brooks is as the captain. I thought he was phenomenal. I, I thought the cast. Like I, I like it. There was always a divisiveness amongst the crew. They were never. They came together when they absolutely needed to. But overall, they they really weren't all that fond of each other that much. You know, as as a whole, we're like I mean, we're Roddenberry. Like his rules were like everybody, everybody loves everybody. Yeah. You know, and well, okay. I, well, I'm going to hear a little bit more from Ian about Discovery, and then I'm going to kind of delve in to where it, it just kind of went off worlds. I just want to sure. My like going back to my background, watching Star Trek with mom was religious. Yeah. Mom was a big Trek fan, um, and my mom was um, huge reader. Yeah, my mom read, read, and read. I mean, yeah. it was crazy the amount of stuff she read, especially science fiction and stuff like that. Yeah, and she just, she just loved the series, and so every movie that came out, we went and saw. Yeah, it was just rite of passage. New Star Trek movie. I yeah. think the last one she went to, you went with us. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Before she, she's passed, but, um, so I grew up watching, and I just, I don't know, I just. I never went into... I, I don't think I liked it as much as she did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, it, but I've never been... Like I said, Sean kind of hit it on the mark. Star Wars came to be when... You know, like... And that was... Yeah. We were just at the right age. And... Uh, yeah. But I never... I never really compared it because I always thought it was apples and oranges. You know what I mean? It wasn't... It's yeah. an apple and orange type of thing. But when I saw Star... When I... Like, a few of the movie series I did like... Um, my favorite character, I know, but I'm not, you know, that the my favorite character was Spock. I always loved Spock. Yeah. He was my favorite. Um, but we watched all the movies, and then um, finally um, Discovery came out, and Mom started watching Discovery with me that first season. Yeah. Um, long story short, she got she had dementia. It was really bad. Lewy body dementia, and so. You know, sometimes I've watched episode three, four times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But we got through that first series. It only took us about a year to get through it, but we got through that first first season. And she liked it, but she still said, you know, I still like the old one better. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that's just kind of how she was. Now, I liked Discovery because I liked more of that action. You know what yeah. I mean? And I liked uh, delving into stuff that Mom never taught me about. Klingon and stuff like that, and I like going down that route. Yeah. But like I said, I was never that into it to where I don't know the whole story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as far as when they came out with the movies, I did like the movies just because I liked more of the action. Yeah. Um, I felt that some things didn't really match up for me as far as character-wise. Yeah. Like, it, some of the characters were, like, just kind of off. Um, I did like Pine as Kirk. Um, but other pieces of the puzzle were kind of like, man, eh, it just doesn't match. Yeah. Like, or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those characters yeah. just didn't come to be for me. Yeah. Spock wasn't really the same, probably because he was my favorite character, so it's hard to live up to that character when you're trying to reboot something. Yeah. And it just never worked for me. Yeah. Uh, but I did like Pine as Kirk. Yeah. But I think I liked Pine as Kirk because I didn't really... My favorite character was Spock. Yeah. I didn't really like uh, Shatner yeah. as, as much as I did Spock. I yeah. found Spock much more of an interesting character. 
Yeah. That's my take on it. But I did like Discovery. Uh, The third season of Discovery was okay, but it it let me down big time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. First two were pretty good, and I've I've enjoyed this last season. Yeah. I like what's his name from Engineering. Yeah, Anthony Rapp. Yeah, I like I like I like his acting. I like how they're doing that. And see, that's the thing. I like. There's parts of it that I really really like. Yeah. That's the thing. And we got to kind of unpack a whole different thing. Like, a lot of people think when you say you don't like Discovery, or in my case, when I say I loathe Picard, which we'll kind of we'll save that for a little bit later. But uh, Discovery, yeah, the actors are doing... They're all people I really love. And, you know, if we get into it, you know... Uh, people have done it better. The nitpicking nerd, um, he he de- deconstructed a couple things because he doesn't. I I mentioned him because he doesn't seem like he's malicious when he's like picking things apart. Okay. Because he actually just like I really love this, and I was he's kind of doing the same thing I'm gonna do right now and say, I you know this let me down because I was expecting this like mm-hmm. right. Um, uh, but red letter media, uh, those guys. Um, if you ever get a chance, because that's who I sought out. Like I was, that's, those are the first people I stumbled upon who talked about like Star Trek after I watched Discovery, and I was just like distraught. They, it kind of made me laugh because they were kind of going over Discovery, and you know, like watching Mike and Rich on that show kind of just go through the same pain, help me out a little bit, um, because they can kind of help you if you watch all their stuff like chronologically when there was kind of a split. Mike hates the movie, you know, the TNG movies. Mm. He hated all of them, even Generations. Um, but if you want to really go back, um, even there was even a split, even from like Insurrection, and then it, it kind of gotten widened with Nemesis, um, just because of like the, the producers pumping in actions for the the broad crowd. Mm. Now what happened is Picard tried to pick up on. You know, that data, you know, kind of dying thing and going off with that storyline. Discovery, um, you know, done by this almost the same company. Um, it, it really, for me, I was excited about the new show um, when it first came out. That's why I, I kind of treat this a little differently. It's because when it first came out, you know, it was great. You know, like, um, I gave every season a try. You know, um, season two, like like you guys said, was great. Until. Until, until the end, like, you I, Anson Mount was, I mean, fantastic. Yeah, right. Like, we both agree with that one. Unbelievable, and he worked w- really well with Sinequa. Yeah. Unbelievable. If that had been the show we were given from like day one. I'd probably be a Discovery fan. So, are you looking forward to Strange New Worlds because of Anson Mount and like everything that that's going to kind of encompass and not be? It's going to be more episodic and not overall story arc. I'm I'm coming in with open mind. Okay, which is different from people who just hate straight out, you know, hate Star Trek. But you have to remember. Um, and and by the way, I don't hate everything about New Trek. I really loved. The second season of Lower Decks, 
Um, Lower Decks grew on me um, because I didn't really understand it. But it actually, it's like a comedy series that kind of just throws stuff out there. But it actually had an overarching story. Right. And it got really, like, the second season's amazing. And it, Lower Decks amazes me because it, it pokes fun at but pays homage to at the same time. Yes. And it does it really well. Yes. And it does tells a coherent story. Yeah. I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil anything for season two because that's uh, season two was really well. I don't. But just the second to last episode was just uh, unbelievable because um, they told four different storylines and they all like synced up. Yeah, that was a really yeah. It was like, extraordinarily well done episode. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe they pulled this wow. shit off. Like I was surprised, and that's the difference between that and, and that's because Mike McMahon. He's an uber, like, like I would love, I would give anything to have Seth MacFarlane and Mike McMahon write a Star Trek series, because that thing would be amazing. I, I don't know if there's a parallel for Star Wars, um, but to have, because uh, uh, it would be like the Mandalorian times well, the Empire Strikes Back, because, like, those two in there... They really love and understand the little. It's the little things, right? Let's let's go back. So you like you like you're a fan of the Orville, then I take it. Oh yeah, I love the Orville. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for season three. Like, I can't believe that the best Star Trek isn't even Star Trek right now. Right. It's the Orville. Yeah. They took all the people. You look at all the space battles. All the, the Orville space battles, so much better. The cast and crew. Is, is a Star Trek crew. Yeah. And the stories. The stories are better. You don't need... Like, I was... I kind of thought this. I, I You know, what if the spore drive just didn't work? Like, and the ship just couldn't go anywhere. Like, how many episodes could these writers for Discovery get through before the show would just end? Like, that was my new... Like, that's the test that came to mind when I was thinking about Discovery. Right. Um, you didn't have any power for explosions or anything, and you just had to write between the characters. Because Discovery just seems like the writers are just impatient and disorganized. And I feel like the writers of the Orville, and even the writers of, like, DS9 and all the other Star Treks, if you, if you put them in a box and you just said, hey, ship can't go anywhere... You know, write me some episodes. Like, I'm going to go with the guys who wrote Duet, mm-hmm. The Pale Moonlight, The Wire, The Visitor. You know, like, DS9 had some heavy right. impact episodes. Measure of a Man for TNG. Um, you know, um, even the finale of, like, TNG was just a good episode where he's just bouncing back and forth. Right. Running errands. Uh, you know, and... I take it, it, what happened with Discovery is, uh, they came in with a concept that would have been amazing. Like, the first season, like, you know, you didn't, you could have just had um, Lorca just be somebody who has, like, and somebody said this online, I don't know what it is, but there's really no need, like, you could have had a phenomenal season if you didn't do the Mirror Universe. Right. And you didn't 
skip over Burnham being in prison. Yeah. Like, Lorca just comes and is just like, I just, it springs her. I mean, mm. I need your, your expertise on something. Work with Stamets here. You know? Yeah. I. That's the whole series right there. Um, or the first season. This woman started the Klingon war that we're in. We're here because of that. We need her for something. She's on the ship. And he's like, deal with it. He's... He's a war. He's he, like that. That's the drama they're looking for. That's why I'm upset because they looked past something, and they went for the cheap thing. You know, they versus could've... the story. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, um, because and then you know, like Sonic was the captain after after three full seasons, but yet you know, like that didn't happen to Tom Paris. Ensign Rowe took seasons for people to warm up. Like, you just hurried her along. She's first officer by the second season. It's like, that's the kind of thing I would have liked to see. Like, she's captain now. Like, even even Ben Sisko took four seasons to become captain. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's... They, t- they took shortcuts. And then, like, in season two, um, they changed showrunners. Not, uh, none of the stuff made sense. Um, with the Red Angels. Also, the Red Angels around the galaxy. You you can't see everything instantaneously, which I'm stealing from the Red Letter Media guys, but that's one of the things. The lack of attention to detail. Um, the third season, The Burn. Uh, like, The Burn... You know, the... Oof. It's not the burn was not a bad conceived idea. The burn's a great idea. It's just what it was. Yeah, drove at the end of it. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is horrible. Yes, that's. <laughs> a, I, I, I mean, will admit that season three in in the future, if they could have gotten, and see that's another thing. They just took the lazy way out. If they would have just been like, somebody was experimenting with something they shouldn't have. And that's and that's the burn. Like the Vulcans thought for sure it was their fault. And I thought that makes sense. That let it be their fault. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Yeah. That would have been, and you because know, now the Vulcans were the most trusted, you know, side. Now all of a sudden, and they were the ones who, like, you know, they were telling Earth, like, you got to slow down, you got to take your time, you know, going all the way back to Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. You know, with Archer and everything. You know, like, so it would have been like complete sense Full for circles, them to be yeah. like. For like the galaxy to be like, you did what? Yeah. After you told all of us to slow the fuck down? No. Yeah. And you know what? what's even crazier? If they didn't... Because they don't understand science, you know, like, think about how crazy that would be. Like, all right, let's say it's a galaxy-wide event. They knock out... That's like you knocking out the power for your whole city. Yeah. And, like, you're only, only the people in your neighborhood know... That you did it, like now you could you could you could expand on anything because you could like use the the wormhole is still in the gamma quadrant. Right. People, ships could come through the gamma quadrant to see. Oh, same things happened here. Yeah. Start asking questions. Been like, uh, you know, like the Vulcans are the ones that did it. You know, now you've got yeah. the Amage quadrant, people from the Delta, the Beta. Right. You know that would have been. 
you know, like a good choice. Right. But the story writing, yeah. It's like at the end of like that season, there was like such a build-up. I'm like, that's it? Yeah. Like, I just couldn't get into season three as much as I could get in the others. I mean, I started it, and I was just like, I just couldn't. Like, usually when I watch something, like, I'm waiting for it, you know? Yeah. And that season, I was just... Remember, I was always behind Yeah, you were always season. behind on that. And I just could not bring myself yeah, to it, get back to it. I just... I, I, for some reason, it just bored me. A lot of it just... I, I just didn't... Well, I it's burnout. It. Because... Oh, so you're telling me the the universe is going to end again. Yeah. For the third consecutive time. Yeah. Um, it would. It should have been once, and then... All right, all right, it's over. Now we're in the future. The burn happened hundreds of years ago. You you could have put this ship in the middle of the Federation that's like trying to rebuild after a hundred years and just be like, all right, this is everyday life. Like that would have been just something where they just were like, this is life in the thirty first century and let's rebuild. Yeah, let's let's like see. grassroots. Let's yeah. rebuild this. You get grassroots everything. Uh, who's at war now? Who's friends? You could have been like, this is the craziest I mean, even, stuff. Even the, 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 the dissolving of the Emerald Chain, I thought, happened too fast. Yeah. Like, the Emerald Chain would have been a great villain for oh, seasons yeah. to come. And I, I can't remember what the character's name was, but the, the woman who was the head of the Emerald Chain. Oh, Syrah. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, she would have been a great villain to have yeah. for the next two or three seasons. Yeah, yeah. and then you have Super Michael Burnham just kill her. Like... Have her yeah. get away. Like, the Emerald Chain... Kind of a wasted character. Wasted bad guys. Yeah, that's yeah. what like, I mean. Like, you could just be like... Because they would be familiar with the Orion Syndicate because they're back in Kirk's time. Right. And then all of a sudden they come in the Emerald Chain. Who, who are these new bad guys? Now they're, they're almost like a mafia that's even stronger. You had places to go. They just... Yeah. They took the easy out. Like, let's go back to... Michael Burnham's kind of like origins. Um, you know, she's Spock's sister. For what reason? I, nothing. But even if you wanted to keep to bring Spock in the show for any any time later, you could have made something else. I even thought my thought was, in why not just make her Cyborg sister? Now you've just thrown a whole can of worms. You've thrown every, a wrench into the whole... would have been in love with that idea. Yeah. Because yeah, I like Cybok. <laughs> yeah. Cybok's sister. You get to have Cybok and Spock as a character. Yeah. Yeah, that would pretty cool. And Sarek. You, you could have Sarek too. Right. Then you could have Cybok's dad, Cybok's mom. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. Just be like, Cybok's dad was on a Vulcan ship. Michael's, um, Michael's parents got killed way out. And they were, like, gone for, like, three years. And then... All of a sudden, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, Cybok's mom is like pregnant with him, and it's it's Sarek's baby, you know. And this, you know, like. Yeah. Dude, that would have been if you want soap opera. That's what yeah. you. I, I, the thing, and the thing that always bothered me is like, in the first two seasons, her quote unquote Vulcanness was important, but the second they went to the future, like. It's almost yeah. forgotten. Yeah, you don't it, you know, like she had that. Right that like she's completely outgrown that Vulcan yeah. logic and become more reactive. But it, that. But the thing about that is that never that never should go away. Right. I mean, she just did freaking military training for like 
I'm, yeah. I'm, and, you know what I mean. And, and yeah. she did that training for how long? Yeah, of exactly. her time. That just doesn't like. Yeah, I'll see you later. I'm just gonna shove this back here. You know, yeah. that doesn't work. I mean, it should be part yeah. of her daily life. Right. And I thought, and I thought that that was interesting. Yeah. I thought that the interesting part of that was like being raised Vulcan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that turmoil. You know that yeah. ever that turmoil between being how she was raised and actually being a human. Human, and that it was that angst. Yeah. You know, and I thought that that was really good. I mean, she was she taught to think, fight, everything. She, I mean, and that just kind of left. I agree. I, but I really liked that because I can remember telling my mom, I was like, Mom, it's she was raised Vulcan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like she's think how crazy that would be if now you throw the wrench that is Cybok in. Oh my. Like that would have been like <laughs> yeah. they like, they missed the kick on that part because it's just like just with making that one change. Just that one change from Spock to Spock. Yeah. You still have Michael. You still have Sarek. But now you bring in Cybox mom. You could even bring in Spock's mom. Cy- like, yeah. She got a character you didn't even care about now. Cybox dad, the guy that's getting cheated on. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 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 And all of this stuff. And then Michael would be closer to Cybox. So she'd be on this Vulcan training. And then you have this brother who just goes. On his spiritual voice, like trying to get people to release their pain. Her humanity rubbed off on him. Yeah, and then and that explains. Yeah, a lot of what his character becomes. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting pain because she probably would have been crying, like all because she lost her parents. She'd probably be crying when she gets back to Vulcan. Um, That's that's the kind of thing that makes me sad. Is because like all like I'm for having drama. It's just. They didn't. They passed up the easy stuff, because they thought uh, the audience isn't going to, you know, understand that. And that's kind of what's been digging at me. I keep trying to get back in, like season two. I was like, yeah, this is outside of the Red Angel thing. You know, I thought it was going to. It was. It was a good dynamic, but then the Red Angel stuff stopped making sense. You know, the Klingon time crystals. That kind of thing. Clowns are a whole nother story. Right. Now, I mean, the, the other side of that, though, the, the other argument I could make is is this writing team, this producing team, the, the team behind Paramount plus Star Trek. Yeah. Is their job to appease you, the, the long-time no, hardcore Star Trek fan, or is their job... To get new people to subscribe to Paramount Plus and draw in the, a newer generation of fans, based upon this is what the new track is. I got that's their their job is to back that dumb truck up full of cash. And right. Get that I I I probably I I disparage them, but they're doing a great job because they've gotten extra shows done. They're just not. I just get I mean, sad as a Trek fan, right? No, I, I understand that because because it's the fu- like, you, you you keep you're, you're referencing the Mandalorian, yeah, and it's funny because like from our standpoint, from the from a Star Trek from a Star Wars fan standpoint, you know, like the book of Boba Fett was divisive. Like, yeah, there are a lot of Star Wars fans who hate that, but there's a lot of Star Wars fans who like that. Yeah, you know, it's 
and it's like, you know, the the only, like, other than Lucas, you yeah. know, who like, you know, clearly created it all and everything else, the closest you get to that is Dave Filoni. Because he was the guy who worked with George, went to create the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. He did Rebels, and now he's doing the Mandalorian. He's doing yeah. Book of Boba Fett with John Favreau. Yeah. So it's like, in many ways, the majority of us look at Favreau and Filoni as the people who could save Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Because, like, the sequel trilogy, as much as I liked The Force Awakens and I liked The Last Jedi, the Rise of Skywalker was a, a mess. Yeah. A mess and a half. I'm I'm and I'm partial to Star Wars. They messed up because well, first of all, you had three different people directing. Or do you I guess JJ coming back. Yeah, so it's two. Two. Like, like the last Jedi is a square peg in a round hole. Like I've always said that. Yeah. As much as I love that movie, it doesn't fit. But if you'd let him do all three you would have gotten a much more cohesion. You would have much more cohesive. Well, yeah, and you would have had. You would have had. I think you would have. You wouldn't have had Palpatine come back. Um, You would have had the stuff that he wanted to do. Uh, It would not have been. It would not have been a rehash. Um, I I think because it was Ryan Johnson, right? Yeah. 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 If you would have just. If they would have just, if the studio would have just stepped out of his way, um, I, the I, pro- just, the problem is they, they did step out of the way. Like yeah, they, for they, this they, movie, yeah, like they Ryan Johnson said, "This is my idea," and they were like, "That sounds phenomenal, do it." Yeah, and um, you know, like it doesn't fit what you started. What you started, like I mean, it just didn't fit at all. Well, I mean, that and they didn't. I, I don't. I and I love and I love the last. Time. I love the concepts that he brings about the Force and you know, like what Skywalker's mindset was. There's a lot of that movie I absolutely love, and I love the idea of it. But it doesn't fit the narrative of what they were trying to do based upon that first movie. Yeah, and it doesn't. It takes you out of it because. When I when you get to that Skywalker scene, you don't expect him to toss the lightsaber. No, not at all. You expect him to not even say a word and just motion towards two young students that he's been training and kind of make them feel like because that's the feeling you get right. when you're oh well this like I've watched the the original trilogy and oh this is gonna go in that same direction where you know we're. I, I was feeling like, oh, well, maybe they're just... I, when I first saw that in the theater, uh, the first words out of my mouth were, when he tossed that lightsaber, I was like, what the absolute fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, what and, the fuck is going on here? And yeah. I'm not expecting him to, like, milk a sea cow and yeah. drink it angrily in front of Ray. Like, I mean, there's... <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... but like but drunken but, hillbilly in yeah. a barn. Yeah. Just drinking it. <laughs> Straight I just, from the tap. I just could not. Uh, yeah. I could not get past it. Yeah. And I and when that's uh, through the entire movie, all I can think about was him fucking tossing that lightsaber. The most sacred yeah. thing you can possibly do, and he fucking tosses it and goes but, for yeah. the. But at the, the same milk. at the same time now, knowing what I know about Luke Skywalker based upon that movie, mm. the scene in the Mandalorian where he makes Groku decide. Yeah. It shows me that he's already 
all the way back then on the wrong path. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could either be a Jedi or you could be a Mandalorian. Which is it going to be? And Groku was like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my Where's my Uber? <laughs> yeah, where's my Mando? I mean, yeah. that's that's pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was I, just the last Jedi was weird because I was like, because uh, going in, I was like, please just don't be uh, an Empire Strikes Back rehash. Yeah, I was just like, please don't, because um, like Empire was Empire was what, what it was <laughs> need, what it needed to be, and, right? You know, I just didn't like. And I, I know this is a common problem with Luke Skywalker, but I just, I just do not think that Luke Skywalker would have went out like that. I mean, I, in a certain extent, I do. Right. But I think there would have been a lot more fighting from Luke just because of that that side of him. And I guess that story explained it a little bit on why he shut himself off and everything like yeah. that. But at the same time, I, I don't know. The fan in me is going, man. Give Mark Hamill his due and just let him rock some shit out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know well, what I mean? At least... Like, Solo got to blow some shit up and have some good time. <laughs> like, yeah. give Mark Hamill his due and let him fucking take yeah, out some robots, they, at least. They did Solo wrong, too. It's just, I, I think they they should have just had Solo and Leia together and just, they should have just let the young kids take over them. Like, just have, there's no reason to have. Solo and Chewie Chewy still be, you know, like smugglers or something. Like it was kind of a weird revert. Yeah, I mean, did they have to be smugglers? I mean, he's got to be rich at this point. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got to be. I mean, he unless he's like nestled up to a fucking hooker on Tatooine or something like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but do you why just, does he not have money? I mean, he should have all the money in the world. Just leave them to, like just have Princess Leia and them together. You don't need to give the big cast just just give the old cast a nod and then Luke Skywalker is the main like you found him but he's just the guy that's gonna train you know just be the Mr. Miyagi uh, and just you know the young kids have to do it like I right. like I had no problem with Ray you know I, I actually liked it like Poe and all those guys give them something to do against you know the first order and forget about the old guy like we're done yeah this is a goodbye movie it's on you kids now do all that other new stuff fight snoke i mean the, that's the, another problem i had not the snoke battle was probably the best battle of the movie yeah but but yeah i mean it, i mean the sequel really, i mean it, it's it's it's, filled with problems, oh, it's, which which it's like better stinks. than the Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, it's it's yes, but I mean like it's still like like the rise of Skywalker is just so because of the flaws of the last Jedi being you know and how it doesn't fit the rise of Skywalker ends up suffering because you, you're trying to fill in gaps and and you just can't do it and yeah and it so just you, it was a bunch of letdowns yeah to and me so, so you take the easy way out and it's like. Palpatine's back. Right. Yeah. And then, like, the whole time, and, you know... Like a bad I'll soap opera it. villain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I still watch it if it's on. Yeah. But, I mean, like, what I'm saying is, like, the whole time you're talking... And this is my... You know, we've talked about this before, and I, I keep hammering him on it, but... The whole time we've talked about the Knights of Ren, the Knights of Ren, the Knights of Ren, the Knights of Ren. They came out, like, freaking 
bad guys and Conan the Barbarian, and like they were horrible. I mean, yeah. I was exp- this is an elite troop. Yeah, that will take out that could probably take out Kylo Ren. They should have all been forced users. Oh my god! They should have all been using yeah. you know lightsabers. One has a battle axe for Christ's sake. Yeah, where does that come? from? <clears throat> or you just have that moment, you know, like. I mean, it was a cool moment when she did the whole swap with the saber and he pulled it out. That was, that was, See, I like that. That's like, why I don't hate the Rise of Skywalker is because they were doing new stuff because we had higher level users. Right. right. Because. But I thought that moment when he pulled that out, that bag of tricks, I thought, yeah. that's badass. Like, there's a lot of good in Rise of Skywalker. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. like, like you know, if it's on, I'll put the remote down and watch it. But at the same time, like the flaws in it are so numerous. Yeah. Like it just it hurts. It hurts my soul. Star Wars fan. Yeah. Yeah. So now you guys know how I feel. Yeah, I know I do. I no, understand. That's why we know. We know yeah. we yeah. understand well, the pain. <laughs> if you want to talk about okay, the pain comes at the card, but we'll get to that. Right. Um but I'm just saying in this movie. They treated this these movies like, oh, we're never gonna do another more Star Wars movies. And because you you know like they're like like they told us there will not be three more movies and then we got the the Phantom Menace trilogies and they right. were like oh we're definitely not doing seven eight nine right and we get seven eight nine right I, it's like we know there are going to be more movies just lay the ground that's that's the thing I, I was missing with the Star Wars movie. I was so... We just redesigned the new universe. Right. We're going to get six more movies after this because Disney's not going to spend... Four billion dollars. Yeah. Right. Unless right. they're going to make 16 billion. Right. Off just the movies. Right. I didn't get the same feeling from the new ones that I did on the... On the Jar Jar Binks ones. The prequels. The prequels. Because... Um, from the get-go, when the prequel started, I was like, my dream has come true. Ask him. I, oh, did yeah. we go to that together? No. I went, with Thad, I went with Thad to go see that. Maybe I went with my I, I I camped out for tickets to the first one. Did you? Yeah. When I... When well, that, I camped out, but I mean... When that yeah, first started, way. the first, what, five minutes? Yeah. Ten minutes of the whole... movie? That saber going through that door? Force using and stuff like that? I was like, this is it. Yeah. This is. I mean, I got chills. I can even try chills now. I was like, "This is what I've been waiting for. This is all these years, and I finally get it." You know? Yeah. And then it just went. Yeah. yeah. Right into the like, trash can. How about we CGI everything? And it's like everything. You want to CGI every like the whole point <laughs> of the first movies is because they just felt so. That's, I think, that's. I think. I think what lost me was the first time I heard Roger Roger, Roger Roger. You heard it 150 million times. Yes. And I'm like... There was a whole... Oh, it became like Keystone Cops and stuff. Like, it, it wasn't like... It didn't even feel like a real battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was just so weird. Second one I was okay with. There was parts of the third one that I liked. Um, yeah. But what I, they're doing today is... They made the... you know These robots, you don't care if they got like... Well, that's the whole point. Destroyed. Right? But now they have robots in these upcoming series where it's like, oh my god, like the the robot in um, Rogue One, like yeah. I'm like oh no, you're yeah, like, yeah. you're yeah. getting shot, and it's like that was you get attacked, right? Altitude, yeah, Altitude, Altitude, yeah. yeah. Also of Resident Alien, which is 
phenomenal. I, I've, I've been meaning to watch that. I've heard it's very, very Phen- good. Oh, you become friendly. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> There's one line in here that, that he delivers the only way that Alan Tudyk can, and I don't want to. I don't want to even spoil it for you, but. It's a line he says in an episode in the middle of the season, and it's the last line he speaks at the end of this. It's going to make you laugh yeah. uh, the same both times. Uh, and I just, no, it is only Alan Tudyk. There's nobody else who could pull this off. Uh, and, and I know I know that seems like hyperbole, but... No, because I think Alan Tudyk is an American treasure. He's extraordinary. There is great. nobody else... Who can pull off resident? Like, you would look at him like they're crazy, but he, you actually feel like he is an alien in a human's body. Yeah. It's great. Um, it's, every Everybody is a character, especially the sheriff is just. Uh, it, it's, it seems like he should be bland, but his blandness. Uh, just lands because right. he's he's like a six foot five uh, uh, tall black guy. And he just like uh, call me big black, and the season he just comes in. That's that line just delivers because yeah. just of how everything is set up. Um, I I can't I haven't watched it yet. It's, I cannot believe it. As much as I like Wash well, or yeah. Alan Tudyk, yeah, yeah. Season I, two I started. I, I I'm gonna wait to binge the whole series because that's what I did with the first one. That one gets that one gets a recommendation yeah. from me, um, along with like Peacemaker and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I finished Peacemaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I he, he was fun on the first season of Doom Patrol. Like I, at that point, I was like, you know, Alan Tudyk's an American treasure. Yeah, I gotta watch Doom Patrol. I haven't, oh. I haven't seen it, but I heard that, good things. Yeah, that is one that is one series that I absolutely fell in love with. Yeah, I, I, truly, I was like, this is the show for me. I mean, I just yeah. got into it because it wasn't all about. You start getting into these inner relationships with them, yeah, and these yeah. these storylines, the, quir- the quirkiness, and yeah, everything about the show just it's off the wall. And I mean, he fit in Alan Tudyk fit in perfectly with yeah that first season. I mean, it's it's a very well done show. That's what I mean, and that's what gets me mad about because I was saying the other day they have shows like Peacemaker, Resident Alien. And Cobra Kai, but now Star Trek sucks. Like, how does that? You know, I'm like, how does that work? How does how does Picard not keep everything straight? Like the series I hate. Did you yeah. have you watched The Expanse? I I've watched a couple episodes. Love it. It's very dense. It is. I have to watch it without any distractions. Yeah, I highly I, recommend that. It is. It is one of those things where I can't have my phone on. I just have to look at the screen and have nothing like, and that's hard to do with you know, being a business owner because right. uh, something comes up, mm-hmm. a customer has a problem with the website, so it's very tough for me to get time to watch the expanse. Oh man! But I love the first couple of episodes I went through because I even I even restarted them just to see um, what's his name? It's not Tom Papa. It's uh, Tom. Um, I forget his name, but he's one of the, one of the characters, that, the, one of the detectives that starts out looking for Julie Miles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and I'm just going through. I know you're talking yeah, about. and it's just the whole investigation. Just it's so deep. Yeah, and how he uses his shower because of water. Like you, you start to learn everything because he's like, of course you would go into somebody's apartment. Like she's not using her water rations. I'll take a, I'll take a shower. Like yeah, 
that made sense to me. Like I love the little the the little thing. Even in a few episodes I saw, I was like, yeah. That if I was at a, you know, if I was on a station where the you know water scares, this chick's not coming back. I'm still investigating. I'd have a drink. I'd have a shower. Boom. That makes sense to me. World building. Yeah. That's... Well, and that's the thing with that show is like... Yeah. I forget when I picked that up two or three years ago. Yeah. And uh, I'm just I think at... I picked it up exactly when the third season of Discovery came out. Because yeah. I was looking for some good science fiction. Yeah. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. And then completely got hooked. And yeah. like, I was like, damn, this is a... I would read this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just yeah. really good. Now, the first season, I agree with the detective and stuff like that. I wish that they were all like that, because I just love that detective. But they are for a while. There's yeah, It goes on for a while. Yeah. Um, but I like the science. I like the acting. I like the world they created. Yeah. I like the whole thing between Earth, Mars, and the exactly. guys in between. I can't remember the name, but um, it just made sense to me. And they're all vying for power and it, it's just a beautifully done series yeah i mean i if there was i haven't found its equal you know what i mean on tv i'm just it's, like it's wow tough. this is so fucking good well because people you know because people and you know i'll start to segue into picard now because it's oh, it, let's just delve into it yeah. it really insults my intelligence okay um and that's i mean that's that's the big thing because that one was really made that's really Star Trek for dummies. Discovery is more about Mr. Discovery is like listening to a video, but the sound isn't synced up with the lips. It's like a microsecond behind, but you can tell. Yeah. Discovery could have been fixed, like I said, with Cyborg and stuff. Picard starts off with the Roman and Supernova from the J.J. Abrams films, which is a terrible, just a terrible add-on because of the science. The Romulans would have known. They would have had time to withdraw. Plus, they're a huge empire. Um, just Picard, they went with Data, which everybody knew for some reason they would. Um, but Data got blown up in Nemesis. Nemesis. He's gone. And somehow, you know, the first season goes, but, you know, they're trying to get Bruce Maddox and everything else like that. And, you know, outside of... The opening scene when the ship comes around and, you know, like, blue and blue skies. I love that, the opening. But then everything kind of went down, you know, downhill from there, from, you know, the Romulans coming in trying to just, you know, kidnap that girl. Um, which, the Romulans are more cunning than that. And they would have beamed her out um, <laughs> instead yeah. of beaming in and... They didn't even have to kill the boyfriend. They could have just stunned him. Which is a, a big thing in this series, is how many people get knifed to death in a universe where there are blasters, you know, there are phasers, disruptors. So many people. You know? Um, I was not a fan, because nothing, like, nothing pieces together. Um, like, I didn't, like, what was the point? Like, I didn't think there was a point for the Borg Cube, except to bring in Seven of Nine. But, I mean, if the Borg Cube wasn't there, they wouldn't have needed Seven of Nine. 
but it doesn't affect the story at all. Yeah. You know, um, and then, like, jeez, oh, I've lost my thread a little bit, because I, 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 I want to seem, I want to seem fair and balanced, I just don't want to seem like somebody who's a big hater, uh, but I mean, I've written, I, I've written just kind of notes, I was just backing through, you know, because they just picked so many, for this show, like, the Rafi is an alcoholic drunk after losing her Starfleet job. For what purpose? Just to be drab. The reason I hate Picard is because all these shows, like even with the renewed Mandalorian, I feel like I'd, I'd, I'd like to live in, you know, I mean, it'd be dangerous, but, you know, I'd strap on a blaster and... and Right. Try my luck. Right. And that's how Star Trek used to be. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I, I, I want to be on the bridge of that ship. But, you know, now it's... Star Trek is this miserable... Like, I, 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 I feel bad after watching Picard. And, you know, they're doing this Romulan supernova thing. And the synth band doesn't make sense at all. It goes against Measure of a Man. They have a Romulan spy... That makes it all the way to Commodore in, in Star Trek. Yeah. Did she not take a transporter once, or <laughs> yeah. somebody just like, um, I know I'm just a transporter tech, but uh, she's Romulan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, are you sure you want her in security? <laughs> um, so, it, it's just a lot of things. The ship design was lazy. Um, the the copy and paste ship fleet. Kind of warped in and out. Um, there were there were, there were a lot of elements that infuriated me. At one point, they basically had the equivalent of a, basically a sonic screwdriver, but like for the imagination. Yeah, that that bothered the hell out of me. What? But it, <laughs> yeah, no, Come I did because I thought the same thing. I thought <laughs> no. I mean, it, just like, dream about. I was like, come on. Yeah. And then the the EMH is like, I think that guy's dying. And she just goes, deactivate. Like, I'm sorry, it's the future. Like, the computer has stopped things before. Like, she's killing Bruce Maddox. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, nothing. Everything's fine. He's like, I think he's dying. Deactivate EMH. Like, you shouldn't be able to deactivate something that's an emergency right. in the emergency. That really irked me. For technical reasons. I mean, it would have been sinister if she, like, ripped out a, a one of the admitters or something. Right. Or, but, you know, like, if I go through all the episodes, it's just, like, it's pieced together. I also, uh, and, I don't know how to, the, the proposed incestuous relationship between Narissa and the her brother which is the the Romulan guy I don't know if you guys yeah saw that where she was yeah. like I said come on man that's like really that's over the top but then again that might be me being prudish <laughs> I thought that was a bit much I will I will admit I guess incestuous I, things could happen um 
I don't want to be a prude and well, be that guy that's like, I don't want stuff on stuff, you know. But Then I wouldn't recommend Game of Thrones. No, that's where they got it. <laughs> that is where they got yeah. the stuff. That's um, why right. Picard suffers the most from being Game of Thrones because... Uh, it's, and why I say it's, it's... I fell asleep the first three times I tried to watch the Picard show. I just kept falling asleep because it's both boring and full of huge explosions. Because um, it's like explosions, explosions, stuff I don't care about, totally wrong stuff. Because um, they got a lot of stuff wrong. Um, they find Bruce Maddox, and then he's immediately killed. Great. I don't care about spoilers. I hate Picard. Um, for all the <laughs> yeah. listeners. But at the same I'm time, like, I, I, I mean... Oh, I, wait, wait. I hate to interrupt. Okay. They brought back Hugh from the earlier episodes. Right. Then he gets killed. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And I'll agree with you. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I like Picard as a, sh- like, I enjoyed it. Like, I, I, was it my favorite? No, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think the thing I enjoyed most was, like, again, that, that Roddenberry sense of the universe is this happy, joyous place. Yeah. And, Almost with with the exception of like the the J.J. Abrams stuff, like that's kind of how it's portrayed. Like the Federation's this, we all get along, and I like that. There's an underbelly to it, and it kind of showed us that I like I like the guy who was the captain of the ship, Rios. Rios. I like I I would watch a Rios spinoff show. I liked Rios. I just didn't like any of his stories. Didn't make any sense, and that's another thing I stole from Red Letter mm-hmm. Media because they kind of, at first watch through, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. But then, like the when I watched the Red Letter Media thing to go over it, they really pointed out it didn't make any sense because the captain killed the two androids and then he blew up their ship, but Commodore O was looking for their home planet. And you kill the two people who just say, right. hey, our planet is here. And you blew up the ship, yeah. which would also, oh, hey, the planet is here. Then Will Riker couldn't stop you because the Romulans would have already blown up the planet. Right. Which is my gripe. Bad right. writing. No, I, I'm, I'm not going to deny that. But, like, the character itself. I like I like Reacts. that character. And and all his EMHs were his, good, his, too. His EMHs were great. And, I mean, I... Like you, you talk about like the the lazy design of the Federation ships and at the the final battle, but at the same time, I liked his ship a lot. I, I, I like the look of it. Yeah. I like the feel of it. Like the one that drives me nuts, it, it drives me insane, is Book's ship in Discovery. Ugh. That thing drives me insane. Oh, like man. it's a fucking transformer. Presto changeo. Yeah, but Rios's ship I thought was like, this is Millennium Falcon esque. Yeah, and you know, it, it felt like he was a smuggler. Like it, it, the whole thing, just like I was like, I'm down with this. I could watch an entire show. Yes, yeah, you could put a, a crew on that ship <laughs> yeah. and be great. You know, I mean, Rios. I really don't have bad things to say about Rios right. because he, of all the people, he seems like he could fit into like a positive, like right, like he's just uh, he's somebody who could have been on the edges and just working in like the demilitarized zone. Yeah, you know. But, but I like it. I like it. There was an underbelly to the Federation universe, but I also felt like they fell into that trap. And Star Star Trek does this from time to time, 
Like, they went back to that old chestnut of Dr. Noonien's song. Like, he was like... like, like I oh, roll. Yeah, like, it was over the... Like, when you watch Next Generation, there was always at least one, maybe two episodes about Data trying to find his father and every, And yeah. so it was like, well, let's go back to that old chestnut one yeah. more time. Yeah, the whole the whole first season is about Data, and now he has a brother who never existed. Right. Uh, for because we need to redirect the story. Right. And I mean, I mean, even going back to like, I mean, you know, there was lore, then there was before. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah. And guess what? Lore is still out there. Yeah. That's the thing that infuriates me the most. But what did they do? They're like, oh, instead of finding lore, which, by the way. Would have served as a much better story than oh, we went and 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 you got to tell me you got to make it make sense. We found that we only needed a neuron to reproduce all of data. Right. Make that make sense uh, instead of just finding lore, which would have been bananas. Like. <laughs> The, the, the Bruce Maddox. Well, one they should have gotten the guy who played him. I don't. He's just like some wacky teacher. Looks exactly the same. Yeah. He teaches now. You could have gotten him to do it again. Teachers are broke. Just offer him. Yeah. Offer his students something, and the student let the students pressure him into it. But <laughs> that that underbelly, like if you don't, they just stitch so much stuff together. It doesn't work. Like, the Borg in there, Seven of Nine, who I really hate that what they did to her because they're just... Seven of Nine would be a rock star. I'm sorry. In, in that universe, she would be Lady Gaga. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. You got assimilated by the... Like, she would not... Like, her line is like, I had no friends. I ended up in the fringe. Like, I'm sorry. She would be... Yeah. She Like... Everybody would try to write books about her. Like, she would not want for anything. Yeah. Like, she would be on a speaking tour. Like, yeah, like, when the Voyager returned home, they would have been like, you got a who? What? Oh, yeah. yeah. No way, no yeah. way, no how would she end up in those. Yeah. There's no way, because she was so good at several different fields of science. Right. She'd be able to help them with engines, shields. She'd be like she would be the rock star in that future. Yeah, like she would just be like, yeah, I don't even have time for you. Like it would have been, yeah, you would have had it done a different. You would have had to done something bigger to get her from behind her desk or something. Like I really feel they did a disservice to her because that's she's a rock star. Like everybody loves her too. Like so nobody would mind her being a rock star. That's why I said Lady Gaga, because, like, right. Seven of Nine fans, like, you see all the cosplay and everything. I don't think they wanted to see her like this, a monster that, you know, blows people up, and disintegrates them, and drinks, and, you know, all that stuff. Right. And the only reason they uh, had that scene where they disintegrated the other woman is because they ripped out the Icheb's eye, which doesn't make any sense either, because... He was still in his Starfleet uniform. Like, why would Seven of Nine have to avenge him? He was still in his Starfleet uniform. Yeah. Like, 
that woman would have been taken out by Starfleet. Like, that's... Like... That's some of the stuff that makes me... Right. No, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've written so much. Like, it, yeah. You, it, like, I got so angry. I was just like, no, I, I had it. I, I was waiting for it. Yeah. I just saw it building. I was like, let yeah. us have it, brother. Just let it out. I mean, there's, there's so much. I mean, it didn't make sense. Like, the one, the one twin jumped a whole football field to get on this. Like, she's fighting, jumps on the stairs... But from like Matrix level way, but then as the gun's about to explode, she just like sits there and like screams and gets blown up. And I'm like, that at that point I was like, I'm not gonna like this series because it didn't make uh, like she was like hurt, but like she literally jumped a football field. Right. You you could just jump back to where Picard was, who got blown back by the explosion. Right. And you'd be all right. She just stood there and took it. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> no. I was like, well, she's not going to get blown up here. Like, she's going to take Picard on a journey. Which I thought, yeah. Why wouldn't she be on the ship, too? And just like, ah, I'm looking for my sister. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, like, the Borg stuff was just weird because um, why would a Borg ship have... Like, I was looking at it, and the Borg ship just... On exact, it just opened up like these huge vents to vent everybody out into space, and I'm like, "What?" I, I, like when the when the wrist, like, I, and I was just looking, and I was just like, "I don't think the writers understand." Like that's when I really thought I was like, "I don't think they understand Star Trek." Um, you know, at that point, it was just Pente, you know, where they're with. Riker and Troy, and, and the season kind of slows down, you know, and they have the girl that's named Castro, which is named after Troy's dead older sister, from which was an emotional episode in Star Trek, and you're just like, and even in that, they're like, they're like, oh, well, it was a silicon virus that their baby died from, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is just so, everything's a downer, like, <laughs> it's a gray universe, um... Like Picard, everybody's saying Picard effed up the the evacuation, so that's down. Raffi lost her job and is now an alcoholic for some reason in the Federation, though. Um, it doesn't make any sense because, yeah, losing your like losing your job in the Federation is not like losing your job in America today. Like, no, no, yeah. you just I guess I'll go play on the holodeck until something else comes along. Uh, and why would she lose her job anyway? Right. Like, but that's the thing. Rios, uh, Rios is fine. I mean, because like you said, he's just swashbuckler. I, yeah. I, I get that. I bought Rios. Um, the next thing I'm going to say is controversial, but fuck Agnes Gerardi, the woman from the Daystrom Institute who got mind-melded. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like her as a character. Woman was nice. I saw her in other movies. Yeah. Um... But that character just beyond all reason, just because she's like, oh, space is stupid. And I'm like, you live in the 24th century. You've had to have gone to space. You're not Amish. Yeah. <laughs> you had to have been in space several times. I'm right, sorry. Right, right, like, right. traveling to another world is like us going to Erie 
for yeah. like you yeah. you had to have yeah. somebody was like, Hey, we're we're doing something. Yeah, we're going on vacation. Yeah, like something. And she's just like, what, what is she going to say, no? Like, it, they're like, we're going to be there in, like, two hours. Like, how can you say no? Like, the beaches go on forever. Like, come on. Like, that character made right, me right. angry because Like, even just... the 15-minute trip to the moon. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember, like, in First Contact, Riker was staring at the moon, and you guys said, well, what are you staring at? And, well, I've never seen it without, like, colonies on it. Yeah. You know, it's just bare. It's weird to me. They're like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, like you had to have like at least made the fifteen minute trip to the moon to go like you know exactly to the strip that mall. Of space. Yeah. <laughs> somebody you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, like come on, somebody you know. There's has a borders up there. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Something. Something. Like so. Uh, well, plus she's an. They have like and, and outlets. <laughs> well, think about it. They have conferences. Like you can't be a top scientist. You're, you're telling me she never went to any conferences. Yeah. Or just a conference on a ship, another planet. I'm just like, that does not sound like somebody... She's like she's like a B.A. Baracus that doesn't like to fly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have to kidnap her to get yeah. her to a conference. <laughs> yeah. Sedate her. Yeah. Stun her. She just wakes up. Well, how do we get on a, a Vulcan? I don't know. Yeah. Well, we didn't have to go through space, it's so a, it's a holodeck. Please. Did Murdoch fly me here? Yeah. <laughs> Just get that used pool. to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even that was better done in the eighties. Like, yeah, you knew it was coming every time. Like Agnes. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Or a hypo <laughs> hypo spraying. Murdoch, no. you're supposed to catch him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, but it's 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 something like that. Like and. I just didn't feel... They missed the mark with the whole story with me. Like, the Data thing. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, I would have rather it been, like, a continuation. Because now he's the same age as he was when it was all good things. That third Picard. Yeah. Just give him the beard and just have him go off on some kind of, like, archaeological journey. Like, there's so much stuff... You guys could have done where, he, like, because I know Patrick Stewart was like, I don't want to put on the uniform again. I'm like, great. You could have just been like the Professor Galen character or whatever and just. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That'd have been, that's a good that'd concept. Been, yeah. 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 Now, know. like, are, are you intrigued at least by season two with the return of Q and. See, here's the thing. I'm Even though I hate the show, I've still been keeping, <laughs> like, an open mind because. You know, it could have just been something that that didn't resonate with me. Right. Um, but it, it's. I'll tell you this: if they if they take the same shortcuts, like emotionally, with Picard, they're gonna they're gonna miss me again. Like this is Discovery did the same thing with me. Um, with this, I know you like this season, but you got to tell me some of those episodes didn't feel like filler episodes, which is. The stuff we were supposed to get rid of, well, going from twenty six episodes to fifteen. Well, I, I I've always felt filler episodes, like, unless you're doing a tight ten or less. Okay. Like even like a fifteen episode season, I think you're gonna have something that's a bit of a filler. Yeah, but it, right, we, we come from a different like if younger right. kids are listening, like filler episodes. 
for like story long arcs are different like where you're just like what the hell are the kids like the it's it's like for kids if for younger kids like that are yeah. listening on the podcast for a 26 24 26 you know episode season you know it's like if somebody was running a race and then they both called like a 20 second timeout you know and they're just yeah. standing on the sidelines that's what you said. Like right. they would throw in like a like, box episode in, yeah. in the middle of an yeah. arc. That's that's the kind of right. filler we're talking about. Like, but I mean, like I, you know, I agree with you. Like, I mean, with a fifteen episode season, if you're doing it tight enough, there shouldn't be a need for a filler episode. But I I, I still feel like I forgive them for a filler episode if it's well done. Yeah, I mean, there can be some sides, but it's it. That's the thing. Like, that's how, for me, to give up having the 26-episode seasons where you can do all this and get character development, then I want to tight everything makes sense towards the plot. Right. If you're going to do, well, uh, let me let me, let me me rephrase. If you're doing episodic and it's 15, I've just accepted. But if you're going to go season-long arc and then disaster and then it's only 15 episodes... You gotta have everything. Every second, there can't be any wasted conversations. Right. Um, you can't dumb it down for people, and you know, break it down and be like, "Hey," or science, fuck yeah, or like Discovery does, or I love science. You gotta get all rid of all that, and you just gotta go. This happens because this and this, and this. You can have some callbacks, but it's just moving the ball along to score the goal. You got it. I mean... Right. No, I, I agree. Like, I mean, I, I think it's tough because, like, I think what happens when you do that, all of a sudden, you get to those last three episodes, and it's like, okay, we got to rush. That's what's going to happen with the right. last three right. for Discovery. Like, it's going to be such a rush to finish the race. Right. Yeah. I, I felt like it was that way with season three in particular. It was like, we're built... We're, 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 we're spending... 12 episodes explaining to you what the new Federation universe is. And this is what it is, and the burn, and everything else. Yeah. And when you got to those last three episodes, it was like, oh, fuck, well, how do we fix this? Oh, let's do this. You know, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping, like, I mean, I haven't completed this week's episode yet, but I was like, okay, well, I'm just interested to see where where this is leading, and, like, you know, now we're on a clock. We got a shot clock playing in, in the background, and you know. I know. So there's some interesting stuff going on, but like I don't, it's it's tough because it's like, you know, you turn around and you say, well, well, like you know, Star Wars, like the Obi Wan Kenobi series is only seven episodes. Book of Boba Fett was, I think, eight episodes. Eight. You know, Mandalorian is only eight or nine episodes. Like so, but you know, and like I even watch those like. There are filler episodes. Yeah, you know, that's a nine. Like Mandalorian season two was nine episodes, and I can think of two off the top of my head who were kind of like, eh, those are just kind of like filler. Yeah, they were good. They were really well done. I liked those episodes a lot, but in the day, eh, that was a filler episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, it's just uh, this discovery one seems a little, a little. There were a couple. Well, plus we'll just think about it. Do you really feel these last three episodes are going to be enough to explain who's doing the DMA, find out if they can be bargained with, 
and then handle them depending no matter what what the answer is there's no right. way you can do that in three episodes so what do you and, do and right and also I want to know what the fuck is David Cronenberg doing it's so fucking important he couldn't have been on discovery for this I, like yeah. like he was like well what why are you going well, I got other shit going on what's more important than this eh, don't worry about it like, yeah like what uh, what is more important yeah like, I mean, Cron- yeah. I, and I love that. I love that character. I love David Cronenberg's character. Oh, yeah. He was I'm, a good... I'm, and I'm like thinking to myself, okay, if Cronenberg's up to something, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's... It better be evil. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, it better, it better be, be... It better be a bloodbath somewhere. It has to be. <clears throat> but I don't know. Like, see, that's why I lose face news writers, because it's just like... He's not opening a daycare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. There's some. It's Cronenberg. Well, he knows too much to just be a regular guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. It's. Well, it, this show has subverted my expectations a lot because I accidentally got a little bit of a spoiler when um, one of the articles was like, oh, the changelings come back. So I was like, finally, the, the changelings are in, star, in charge of the DMA. Yeah. And then in that episode, it's just, oh, they're just stealing money, which doesn't make sense because they don't need money. Yeah. Like, he could have just changed into the guy in front of his guys. And right. Like, I'm going into the safe guys. You got any problem with that? And they're like, you're boss. You're being weird. Just, you, you've never asked it. Like, and then he just yeah. takes the money and is like, hey, guys, I'm taking the money. And they're like, boss, you're being weird. And he can just, like, skip out. <laughs> yeah. And all of it would be accepted because right. he's a changeling. And, no, they did this. They wasted a changeling. And that poker episode was just awful. And I'm a poker player. And I was just like... (sighs) (laughs) Well, because... All right. That hasn't been cool. Like, it wasn't even cool when they did it in James Bond 17 or 18 years ago. I forget when it was. I mean, it was barely cool to have poker in that movie. Um, Casino Royale. And then... To have it be in the Star Trek universe. They literally didn't even have to have a poke have poker. They didn't have to show the card game at all. They could have just showed the tension. Yeah. You know. That was it. See, they get hyper detailed on some things and not detailed enough on others. Right. Because you could have just been like all the all the dialogue could have said everything. Cause like a Burnham could have been losing the game and you know, Book could have just been talking shit to her. Like, I've got you now. Like, they could have both been talking shit to the person they beat, and then Book could have just been like, you know, this coming home with me, and she could just look. You don't even have to show. You just look at the hands. Yeah. Don't, don't even have to know it's poker. Read the other guy's face in the scene, and he'd be like, he could just do like this to her, shake shake his head, and then she could just know she's done, and Book could just be, like, leaning back. None of that, you wouldn't have to... It's one of those things. That's why I say... Right. I, I, would, get, I get your point about that, but at the same time, like, in Star Wars, the game is Sabic. Yeah. And, like, watching Solo, like, they're playing Sabic for the Millennium Falcon. I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Right. I have to rely on their reaction. Whereas, if you're saying, it's, well, we're, we're, even though it's the 25th century, we're still playing poker, you know, it's the acceptable... It's like, universally accepted form of gambling. Yeah. It helps me at least like understand, oh, oh, oh shit, this is what's going at least going on in the game. 
Like, yeah, that's but, my, that's, that's, to show if somebody's, if, if, I, I give you this, if you say somebody has, like, an improbable hand, you yeah. have to show the hands. Right. So, like, like, I mean, that's the problem. Like, I mean, I get your point where you're, like, you're, you think to yourself, man, it's, you know, you're going to meet other alien races that have just accepted poker. Yeah. Like, you know, okay, it seems weird, but okay. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, like, when I watched Solo, like, I don't understand that the game was a of good, That was a good... It was well done, yeah. but, like, when you're showing me the hand, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. It's like, is it good? I don't know. Yeah. I'm it, waiting for a reaction. It's like when they show a screen and you're reading it, it's all in Arabish, the, yeah. the Star Wars language. I'm like, I have no fucking clue what that says. You know? So... It's done me no good, you know. Yeah. But there are nerds out there who have like, you know, well, in this scene, this is what it reads as. Yeah. And, you know, and in that the Savage And that's scene, a good Easter egg, yeah. but like if it's just poker, it's just like yeah. there's no need. Is there and, a blaster under the table? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I get your point. Yeah. But my counterpoint is at least then I understood the game. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's the pro. That, that's the give and take of it. Yeah. And that's where you like. How do you solve that problem? Why, well, I, I, you know, I well, don't know. Well, one, you don't write such a bad scene where they have to. Well, first of all, uh, why aren't they bringing? Like, I don't understand why the Federation didn't just raid the casino. They're too like, you have two suspects. I I don't understand. I know the Federation wasn't there, but <laughs> there are black ops teams like. That's the thing. They had a hard on for Section Thirty One, but what did Section Thirty One just disappear in the future? There's no. Well, that's Cronenberg. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, deep yeah. down, that's Cronenberg. Yeah, but but it's still saying we know Burnham is like in love with this guy. By the way, this whole season has been basically what if TNG made a whole season about Vosh? I mean, that's. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Vosh going in and which I that this is probably a level two of me bashing the show because part of me would actually would you know I wonder what trouble Vosh would have gotten into, but the whole series is just what if Vosh would have went just rogue. But at the same time, you have to know that okay, well she's Burnham's gone. Cronenberg at least would have to know she's going after him if he is really section 31. Yeah. Hello, boys. Yeah. Go get him. Put two, one and one, in the other guy's head. Yeah. Bring the stuff back. She'll cry about it. Like, that's what I don't understand. There's nobody in that universe that would make that call. Like, obviously she's compromised. You, you put two in the back of the head of both those guys. Right, right. Done. Done. Like, there's nobody in that universe. Yeah. The, the whole Star Trek universe, there's at least one admiral every season that's like, I'm doing this for me. Yeah. You know, doing evil shit. And and now, the 31st century, what is, is that one admiral the only admiral? And he's the admirable admiral? You know, he's not going to do stuff. So... I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a positive gripe, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess the universe is just too good for that. Um, I don't know. That's... Oh. <laughs> well, let's talk about you. Yes. Yes. You. I mean, we love talking... Tra- well, you, you, you need to take a break, yeah. Okay. I have to call. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. 
All right, so we took our time out there so uh, Ian can get a smoke and call his daughter. Yeah. Um, but so but let's, let's get into the real reason why you're here besides all this phenomenal Star Trek talk. Um, it has been phenomenal. It has been. Yes. Yes. It's good, to um, good to get it out. Better yeah. out than in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you, you are the proprietor, the owner, the operator, the yes. CEO, the, the head honcho, if you will, of, of Uncle Jammy's. Yes. Uncle Jammy's sauces is what you know, kind of, you know, started out. The LLC is the Smoky Cities Four One Two Barbecue. Um, long name, I know, but the you know, parent company. The uh, the brand is under you know the sauces and seasonings are under Uncle Jammy's, and that's kind of the, that's the part of the company you're gonna know me for, because that's the one that's kicking off. Um, we're actually gonna be looking at some opportunities to expand the name, kind of in that realm, but. Yeah, that's um, that's what I where I get to play around with, um, you know, sauces and seasonings and you know making things taste better. And that's kind of where the nerd work comes in because you get to work with formulas and you got stuff in Excel and yeah. So what what kind of like um, for for what what brought you to that? Like what 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 made you say, yeah, I'm gonna make my own barbecue sauce. <laughs> Believe it or not, um, and I blows everybody in mind when I say this, but cakes. Okay. You were expecting me to say Jesus or something, but I know cakes. Um, <laughs> uh, real short story, I, I worked at Red Lobster in State College, and I, I turned the alcoholic um, cocktails, like it was like Bahama Mama and stuff, and I would just turn it into like a swirl cake. You know, I kind of just kind of... Found it online, um, and if you've ever made a cake with alcohol, you have to do some extra calculations because the alcohol, even though some of it cooks out, it does evaporate and it changes like the moisture, you know, thing with the cake. So you gotta, you gotta, you kind of gotta balance it, and then doing a swirl cake, you gotta make sure both swirls, everything is the same. So there's a lot of stuff involved. Um, so I just did that, um, and then. Uh, one of the big football events, somebody was making wings and just was like, hey, you know, you like to be in the kitchen and cook. You know, why don't you make wing sauce or something? Um, made our Area 51 sauce, which uh, I'm out of right now because I, I did an event at Dick's Sporting Goods uh, this week, and it was a lot bigger than I thought. Um, That's good. I was going to bring, yeah, uh, <laughs> not complaining. That's good. <laughs> That's good, especially in kind of these lean times. Definitely good. I just lament it because I was going to bring you guys. Um, I well, I was going to bring you Area Fifty One because that was, you know, it's a neon green um, sauce, and it was the first one I ever, you know, came up with, and that's what I did that first night. And I wanted to bring that with our Vonta B starting something. You can't see it in uh, listening land, but it's an all black barbecue sauce. Um, yeah, that's not a wrap. That is actually the sauce. <laughs> um, and I, I was kind of—I wanted to blow your mind because that's kind of the stuff, you know, that I, I started out with. You know, is doing weird, weird things like that and weird wing sauces. Now to get to the barbecue sauce, uh, I listened to a customer at Quaker Steak and Lube because, believe it or not, way back then nobody was doing wing sauces, and I, I think the guy was—the guy had some kind of in, which is why I listened to him. Um, I forget what industry he was in, but he was passing through. Um, 
but he was he was like a regular comp- he was probably wasn't a traveling nurse but he was probably like a traveling salesman or something and I listened mm-hmm. to him because he was a regular uh, so I kind of refocused I went away from doing the crazy wing sauces that I did and I refocused my efforts on getting doing the barbecue sauces because at that point barbecue sauce while having a high barrier for entry into the market it had a stable market like once you go into like barbecue get into the barbecue sauce space and you have fans you're gonna be all right financially um, because everybody you know buys on regular intervals mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know and so that's how I got into the barbecue sauce because I went away from the link sauces um, and then we had some like standard barbecue sauces but I've always wanted to get back to wing sauces and stuff like that so area 51 um, which is like the neon green kind of one and you know Vaughn to be starting something is kind of me getting back to my roots of doing like a crazy just sauce um, it's crazy it's it's you know especially an all-black barbecue sauce if you guys can look and attest um, I wanted to do something you know I saw that Kuru burger out of Japan where they they make the all-black cheese the all-black bun and that kind of stuck in my mind which which happens during the creative process something sticks and I just keep seeing it, and I want to do it. Um, and so I finally just did it on, on a whim. Um, but you want to do something, like... And uh, and Vaughn to be starting something, uh, Vaughn to be starting something, is a product that also uses a local beer, the Penn Breweries, okay. Penn Dark. So, you know, we kept it local. I like that. I yeah. think that's really important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, working with local and everything else like that. Um, we did a different base this time. It was tomato, mustard, and mayo um, for the base. Uh, only sweetened with molasses. That's what I was going to ask. Where you got the, yeah. But the black um, comes from the same thing. Squid ink. Nice. Yes. Instead of activated charcoal, which messes with people's medicine. So, yeah, I would see where that would come yeah. into play, too. Well, that's the, the black ice cream, you know, and, and the, all the black products are very big, but they use activated charcoal. And when I was going to, I know you I, you mentioned you're you know, traveling, uh, you know, tech, and I was like, well, you'll, you'll know this. And, yeah, because I, when, I, when I first did the research into turning stuff black, and I was like, well, that's kind of the first thing that comes up. I, I still don't understand how some of these ice cream shops would still go ahead with that. Like, I feel like you'd have to give somebody a disclaimer if you were going to, you know, feed them some kind of, like, black... Because they they said activated charcoal is, like, really good at absorbing the medicine. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so... It does. That, that's what scared me off. And <laughs> that's why I used the, the squid, cuttlefish ink. Um, it, it's, it's, it messes with your mind. Um, especially cook, you know, base that on some chicken, serve somebody, it'll be all black. <laughs> and then you cut into the inside. It's the it's taste is what I'm after. Oh, the taste, nice, robust. Um, you can, I, I, the funny thing is I, I brought, when I first made that, like I just brought like a test batch. Um, a friend just had me come out to, it was like Moon, and they were having like this home brew contest. Uh-huh. Um, and... They just had me drive out, and I, I literally just sold all the test bottles there because people were just so intrigued because it had beer, and it's something different. It has, like, a nice, robust, like, 
I definitely would do something similar to this again. Um, so you're selling these now? Yeah. That one is $20 a bottle. Holy heck. Yeah. But it's worth it. Oh, I'm not saying that it's not. <laughs> I will pay good money. Yes. For flavor. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, exactly. I will go on a whim. I mean, not a whim, <coughs> but I will go out and pay good money for good food and good flavor. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And it's completely worth it. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing. Hands down, 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> it's Well, it's worth it. The reason, you know, things that are handmade, like, you know, how I yeah. did, they cost that much is, you know, it, it takes time. And, um, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to make a profit as well. Yeah. We but get that. You also, you can't be allergic. Uh, if anybody's out there trying to be a small business person, you can't be allergic to having finer items. Uh, that's, that's the biggest problem I see is people are like, well, I don't want to charge. And I'm just like, that's not how things work. It's, you can have lower priced items for, you know, people that spend less, but, you're just forcing the person who was going to spend more sure. at your booth to spend less. See, when I go, I, I, I appreciate the value because, like, for instance, um, I recently made um, uh, surf and turf. I made, I made yeah. fillets, and then um, I made shrimp to yeah. a company, right? I made, like, a shrimp scampi. Uh, I didn't want, want um, cooked shrimp. Uh, I wanted raw shrimp. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it was hard as hell for me to find Gulf shrimp. Like, I had to wait. Yeah. Until they came in. I mean, of course, I'm born in Pittsburgh. And I didn't go to Woolies, which I probably should have been. Yeah. But Giant Eagle gets Gulf shrimp in here and there. I didn't want overseas. You know, I, I wanted... I didn't want pond shrimp. I wanted fresh caught out of the Gulf shrimp. I mean, yeah. I've lived down there. I know what that shrimp tastes like. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? And so I'm willing to pay Yeah. for that Gulf yeah. shrimp. You know what I mean? Now, on your website, it says I it's good with popcorn. in a heartbeat. Ex- could you please explain that? No, but we, we tried it. Uh, the popcorn comes um, just from when I first started doing, mm-hmm. like, demos. Like, nobody, yeah. when, you, when you do this, you try to read as many books or whatever yeah. you want, you know, on how to do the whole process. But nobody, there's no, there's no real kind of like manual for how to do everything. So when you're trying to get people, you know, to sample the stuff and pre-COVID, you know, right. people would grab something and just, you know, dip it in like the barbecue sauce, you know, I'm thinking of other things to put out. Right. You know, like I've got the pretzel sticks, which is great. Got the potato chips, and that's another great thing. Yeah, but then you got to think of something else that's pretty cheap to put out. And I was like, you know, pop the popcorn. I, mainly, I did it for the seasonings because you can sprinkle a little bit on. Right. You know, but I never stopped anybody from dipping the popcorn in the barbecue sauce. Yeah. So it's one. It's another one of those things. It's weird. <clears throat> you want to just give people options and let them run with it. Right. I mean, that's... Like, I would have never thought to put, like, a wing sauce or a barbecue sauce yeah, on just, popcorn. Yeah. 
that's not just an unusual thought to me. I thought I was just looking at the website. I thought, well, okay, that's yeah. a, that's an oddball yeah. thing. But let me ask about that. I got the man right here. Yeah, yeah he's we, he's the popcorn king. Yeah. Oh yeah. We love we love you know. I'm trying to build a team that loves that you know loves the oddball thing that actually makes people feel comfortable, you know, doing the oddball thing. Because, you know, a lot of times you get people who are just afraid to venture out and do stuff. Right. You know, you can imagine pitching somebody on trying to get the, you know, an all-black sauce when it's not Halloween. Right. You know. Um, heck, I, you know, I want somebody out in the land to, you know, uh, have the all-black sauce and then find an injector and... You know, stuff one of the maybe a chicken breast with something that's really red, right? You know, and just have that. And that's your sugar count's real low in this too. That one, yeah, just because it's the molasses. Three, it's only three yeah. grams of sugar per. I yeah, mean, that's really good. I mean, there's a lot of sugar in some barbecue sauces, and I mean, yeah. Well, as a brand, <laughs> um, for the stuff that, you know, the the regular stuff that I make, the other ones are kind of up. I'd say. They're probably the other sauces are probably in the sixty uh, percentile as far as sugar and some sauces. Yeah. and a lot of organic in here as well. Yeah, we try to we try to do uh, you know because we the the first <coughs> the first supermarket we ever got into was Whole Foods. Right, and so you know their whole list of things they were like, can you take this out? Can you take that out? You know, and since it was just me and not not a committee of people, you know, I was like, fine, I'll make I'll make the recipes work. You know, I'm the guy making it. Right. Yeah. You just x out this. You don't use ketchup anymore, which was like that was the the biggest thing. I just had to stop using, you know, ketchup and just make you know just use tomato paste. Sure. You know that kind of thing. Um, and you know, you just make it happen. And this is really impressive. Yes. So, are you just in stores locally? No, 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 no. Oh, um, okay. We're coming up on our five-year anniversary on um, in Whole Foods, which okay. will be January of twenty-three, I think. Uh-huh. If my my math might be wrong, we might have already hit our five-year. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I know it's either coming up or we we hit it. Um, but yeah, we have, uh, we got three here local. We're fifteen total. Um, eight or nine are in the Maryland, West Virginia, or not Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. Okay. So, we got a we got a good good bunch. Yeah. Yeah. So. But also, I mean, we we I mean, we have listeners. From across the country and yeah. and around the world. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Not many, but you know, there, there's Anthony in Ireland. Yeah. So, so they could go to your website. Yes. And they could order it as yes. well and have it shipped to them. Yes. But for your international people, and I just remember this because I have to answer an email already. But just. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh goodness. Um, sorry for that yawn, but. Uh, we're going through it. We're going to push through it. Uh, I was just going to say, for any international people, just, um, you know, if you can't find the right carrier, just message us. We'll, we'll find something. Because um, I think we only have one thing. I think we only have, like, UPS listed uh, right. on there. But um, we can we can figure out something else. 
um, as far as that goes and redo it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we can ship nationally, internationally, Canada, U.S., all the lower 48s. So. Cool. Cool. Um, and I, and I, I have, I've done a little bit of research. I've looked over your website. A lot of different flavors you got. A lot of different yeah. seasonings you've got. It's a, it's a very cornucopia, if you will. Yes. Of, uh, of, of flavors that you offer. I thought, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, that's kind of uh, my influence of, you know, the old wing sauce guy and getting yeah. the flavors, you know, because uh, I started out with kind of the regular barbecues, but I tend to kind of fan out into non-traditional flavors, which I like. Right. Which I like. What's your favorite? Oh, right now it's the Hooray for IPA, which I brought you guys as well. Um, this one is the one that they used on the sandwich at Get-Go that we had last summer. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my. Yes. That that looks like it's got a little, little heat to it. Actually, no, just a little bit. Just a little bit? Yeah. It wasn't meant to be... This was meant to be enjoyed by most. Right. If not all, right. Um, and like, I mean, you got this black bottle, which yeah. like I would assume had, I was even either going to be very mild or very hot. Everybody assumes very hot, which I thought about doing, but I was like, I don't want to. Right. I want everybody to have fun. Right. You know, and I did it right because my friend's kid. You should see. I have pictures where his kid is just covered in this stuff, and it's the most hilarious. Um, you know, an all-black sauce. Mm-hmm. The kid's just covered in it. Loves it. Um, Hooray is, you know, the same thing. Beer-based. Southern tier, two times IPA. Mm-hmm. Tomato mustard mix, you know, and... Sorry. I love mustard sauce. But that ha- yeah. it, it has more of that traditional wing sauce color. Like yeah. I said, like, I mean... And that, that looks interesting. Like I said, I mean, you know, like this looks like Carolina barbecue. Yeah, exactly. It remind that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, you know, it looks like something I would have found that like, like a, a wing a wing saw like you know go to Buffalo Wild Wings and this is what they're selling to yeah. the public. Yeah. So, but still, I mean, I'm really intrigued by this black sauce. Yes. Yeah. And that's what it. You know, I love really engaging that way and getting somebody excited and intrigued. You know, because I, you know, I cook. You know, so I mean, like, I just, well, I'm a dipper too. I, I freaking, it, it drives my family crazy. But like, if we're having wings or even chicken, you know, chicken legs, I'll have like three different bowls for yeah. dipping. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I dip everything. Yeah. So. No. No. Yeah. I mean that's, that's yeah, they're, they're, they're both beautiful. I mean they're both beautiful looking. I can't wait to give them a taste. Yeah. I'm really intrigued by this black sauce. I, I both of them. Yeah. I, I haven't been on your website, but I'm definitely going to go on your website because yeah, I absolutely. think your product is. Yeah, just go. You know, www.unclejammies.com. Yeah. J a m m y s. Yeah. Also, also on Twitter. Yeah. Uncle Jammies PGH on all the social media. Although I'm in a fight with Twitter because 
I almost have just the regular Uncle Jammies for everything except Twitter. Uh, but it, I'm pretty sure it. I'm pretty sure the Uncle Jammies is mine. But I don't remember the email I registered it under, so I'm. I gotta. Mm, but I. Yeah. It, it's registered the same time I registered Uncle Jammies PGH. Like it's like this account started January, blah blah blah, you know, and it was the same as every other social media account because I did it all on the same day. Yeah, uh, and I'm just like, what do you, what do you like your barbecue on? Your, I mean, like, do you like your barbecue on ribs, chicken, chops? What do you prefer? Oh my god! As a person, you know that that eats it. I mean, like, what do you prefer? Now. I like it on chicken, but I mean, like, I haven't had, I haven't it, had good ribs in a long time. Yeah, you good know. ribs is tough, uh, and I think it's because we're up north. Um, to be honest, right? I think I just don't think people have the same patience. Like I've heard that, you know, like southern, like towns and stuff, you know, in cities and stuff, like everybody's kind of like slowed down, kind of. Yeah, it's just let it cook. Yeah, that. Yeah, you need that. Because up here, everything's like... Right. You know, yeah. Low and slow is like a question instead of like the way of life. Yeah. So I think whenever somebody makes ribs, you know, there's that factor in there where they're just like, is it ready yet? And then another thing is that I've been seeing is some people want their ribs falling off the bone mm. and other people want it just a little bit... A little bit back where it's it's not falling off the bone, but it's right. like tender. I mean, I, I, I can't I can't really quantify where I am because I I actually I think I'm probably a person who likes likes them a little tender and not completely falling off the bone because I like to sometimes I like to rip and eat like one riblet at a time, you know. Right. I think, right. I think I think you could classify me as somebody who would, who would like, you know, just kind of just tender and still on the bone. Um, so if you were at home and you were making, say, I don't know, wings or, or chicken, period, and you wanted a barbecue sauce, which barbecue sauce would you choose to put on oh, your stuff? That is so... And what's your go-to? Or do you just experiment all the time? Yeah, that's the thing. I'm always... It's weird, you know, because... I mean, do you crack your own bottle, or do you make fresh sauce? No, at this point, I have so many test bottles laying around. Right. Yeah, like, it's... Glad I'm not married, because I'd be getting yelled at. <laughs> um, no, I literally... Like, I have test bottles, and then I also have test bottles that a co-packer sent me. So it's like... The cracking open of a bottle doesn't need to happen. Um <laughs> Because uh, there's already something open, just sitting. Um, no, it's weird. Um, because you kind of meld eating with experimenting. When you're in this food space, you know, I always tell people, and they always get shocked. Um, the first thing I tell people is, like, I've probably eaten some of the, the worst things ever. And they're like, it kind of confuses people. But it's like, yes. Think about it this way. I'm not going to make dinner twice if I'm experimenting with something. So that's that's kind of how right. you have to... Sure. Uh, I'm going to finish it. I'm hungry. 
you know, so it, it's 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 that kind of mindset. So yeah, there are some times where I'll make a you know like a sauce or a dish, and, you know, and just put it together. But I'll crack open, you know, the bottles will be open mm. already, you know, sample bottles, uh, and it depends. It depends on what, because uh, you know, a lot of times I'll just do like a dry rub and then a little sauce on the side. Okay. You know, I I kind of do like the sauce on the side and then kind of you know like dip. Yeah, dip, swab, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because it, it's easier to do sauce on the side for something because it's more southern style and like mm-hmm. Carolinas because they don't really <coughs> sauce their meat. No. Yeah. They don't. And I like that too. Yeah. And, and that's like, I've had family living in Carolina now for, jeez, my dad lived there 15, 16 years. Stepmother grew up there. Yeah. But um, I went to a pretty cool joint down there, a barbecue place, and you know you just bought, they brought out a sheet, you know, like a plastic tray, but they had the um, uh, boats, and they would just fill the meat up in the boats of what you wanted, and then there was like three different sauces on the table, yep. like a hot, a regular, and a mustard, and they would bring out their house sauce in a uh, squirt bottle that had been that's kept in a warmer. You know, that's the only really warm barbecue yeah. sauce you can get. And then you can get a side of cornbread, whatever you want, you know. But um, I love the aspect of, yeah, I think I'm going to put some of this pork shoulder and this mustard sauce now. And, yeah, I'm going to go for the more traditional sauce now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's a, I like that variety in front of me. So, I mean, like, that's what I just love about <laughs> This is all my alley because I'm dipping. So, I mean, like, if I had these two bottles at home, each would go in their traditional bowl. Yeah. I'd make some pulled pork, you know, and I just put the pulled pork on my plate and then I mean there's all kinds of sauces in my fridge, from Carolina barbecue to, you know, whatever. So I really I think this is really cool. Yeah. Um have you experimented any in Korean barbecue or any Asian flavor? It is on my that? list. Um I did have a, a sauce called teriyaki torture back in the uh, wing sauce days. Uh-huh. And so it was a spicier kind of teriyaki style wing sauce. Right. And with your sauces, I know I have a ton of questions. But no, no, You're no. hitting my area. Yeah. <laughs> Go uh, for it. So the, um, when you were making your wing sauces and the current sauces that you yeah. have, are you... F- what I find with a lot of sauces nowadays, especially on shows and stuff like that, they're always, they're all about heat. Yeah. Like they want this massive heat, Diablo the Third, product of Satan and yeah. stuff like this. You know, all this crap, Red Death and stuff yeah. like that. But I feel that, like for me, um, I've eaten some of that, but it loses flavor. Like you're so worried about the heat in your mouth that you you miss out on the flavor yeah. and the fine hints because you're worried about eating a piece of bread or exactly. something to calm right. down the heat. I'm more about flavor than I am heat any top of the day. I'll take heat. I'll take a creeper heat. Yeah. yeah. But as long as I can taste that flavor, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not going to crush my belly. Yeah, and that's kind of what I go for. I mean, I'm I'm working on something... Well, that's that's what I do. Like my, uh, I have a sauce here. It amuses me. Ground habaneros in there, so it's spicy. Uh, 
but it wasn't designed to be to crush you. I mean, it kind of pairs well. It's you know, it's a fruity barbecue. Mm-hmm. You know, pears, mango, peaches. Um, you know, kind of go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's not that's not the thing. You know. Not the design of the barbecue. Yeah, it's not to, to burn your ass off. It was just something to kind of have an arrow's fruity. You mix it with the other fruits. It, it's going to pair. It's going to do very well. Um, with the flavor and everything, the heat is just a byproduct that comes along with it. Right. Same thing with I'm working on. I I used, I did a sauce. You know, I'm, it's codenamed Royally Screwed. I don't know if it's going to end up, you know, being like that, but... Um, I did a demo, um, for the guys at Recon Brewing, who, good friends of mine, we do, like, beer collaborations where I get to go in and, and do the beer, and I gave their staff, <coughs> sorry, yeah. version one of the, the sauce, and it was a Carolina Reaper sauce, um, I didn't put in that many, but next time I'll probably up it a little bit, but it wasn't meant to, like, burn their faces off, like, it was like Reaper, and it was mainly, like, I wanted to work with um, cactus pears, or prickly pears. Mm-hmm. And so that's the main makeup of it was that. It was like prickly pears, a little dragon fruit, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. I it mean, was first be, by your cooking chops. Yeah. I mean, you, you really experiment with a lot yeah, of stuff. You gotta you got to go, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go for it. Like, uh, this sauce right here, I'm going to make... Um, I've been talking to my co-packer, and I was like, "Hey, can we, can we barrel age this?" And I'm trying to up. Like I'm thinking, if we barrel age it, we can get like thirty-five a bottle for it, um, sure. you know, with the bourbon and everything. But it's like that. Like you got to go for it. You can't just like once you get over um, being afraid to charge a price point. Right now, you can experiment, like. I remember with the, the Royally Screwed, you know, I had like pomegranate molasses in there. You know, I had a lot of a lot of different things um, that bring like flavor. And so you can you can risk uh, with with stuff like that. Um, I think on the next version, I might actually add star fruit, you know, carambole in there, too, because mm-hmm. um, I'm going to add blood orange. Blood orange really balances the sauce out. So. It's either going to end up being a wing sauce, or when we when I go to experiment on the hot sauces, you know, I'll have to re- like reverse it and have more Carolina Reaper, but have like the aftertaste be the sauces, right? Like the fruit. I mean, a lot of people love that heat. I'm yeah. just not one of them. Yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm starting to sweat with even a little bit of heat. I mean, I like, of, of course, I like wasabi, um, but mixed in soy. You know what I mean? Because I, yeah. like, I enjoy sushi. I even like dipping steak in... Depends on what kind of steak, but... Yeah. Um, I like steak, um, just a quick dip in uh, wasabi soy. Um, but, you know, even at wasabi... I mean, wasabi is hot. Uh, it's not as hot as a lot of sauces and stuff that are out yeah. there. You know what I mean? But wasabi is... With a good mixture, I can get that sweat... Without, I can go, that was a good one. (laughs) I think I got a piece, you know. But at the same time, you know, I just drink my drink and and move on. With a lot of the hotter wing sauces, though, I tend to, 
I'll eat it. And I'm like, I'm so worried about the heat that I just, I don't enjoy my meal. Yeah. And what I, for yeah. me, that's just my heat level. Now, some people, they can eat a grade six or seven hot sauce. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, keep bringing it. But Thad. Yeah, he can kill yeah, us. We all have friends who can do that. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. Um, but you can burn yourself out just trying to make stuff for them. I mean, it's great. It's great when they, you know, they like enjoy it. But I'm not, at no point do I want to, you know, make it something so hot that they can't have it. I mean. Well, I mean, like the real thing behind, you know, behind, you know, <clears throat> and bars, I, I'm convinced, and restaurants, and, you know, the hot... You know, you get these people getting all these hot wings, hot wings, hot wings, and the more they're going to drink, they're just going to pound beer. I mean, that's the whole yeah. that's the whole reason behind right. it. But as I've aged, you know, I, I like I, I'm more flavorful. I love different yeah. flavors. That's that's why I'm excited. I'm, I want to get on your website and look. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like fascinated. I know I keep picking up ball, but I'm fascinated by this squinting barbecue exactly. sauce. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Great. You know, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. They bring different stuff for squiddings and stuff. And before I forget, you know, I kind of was trying to put together sticker packs. I didn't know what I gave for you guys, but stickers. I didn't bring any magnets. I'm sorry. Or at least I don't think. <laughs> um, I was rushing to get everything together. Um, but yeah, I have some leftovers from the black and gold pack that we're going to reuse but nope. we had some stickers and stuff yeah cool. um we're actually gonna have stickers on the website um we have a qr code for the commercial that we did with gecko which was insane for the you Sorry. know like the sandwich and the collaboration yeah um you know i worked with chef tom you know over get go uh, mm. he's a great guy um i was a very disruptive influence in the kitchen, because like you know, you get to go to that get the get go kitchen, and then it's a, it's it's literally everything. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking about even the alcohol slushies, which I was able to partake with all day that I was there, which was probably not the right right thing to do when you're trying to keep everything together like in the <laughs> kitchen. But that could have helped with my disruptiveness. But I was just test kitchens are fascinating. Yeah, yes, like I, I when I work for Eden Park. Yeah. I went into management and, like, <clears throat> I had to go <clears throat> back when the 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 headquarters was up uh, up by the airport. And, like, we got to tour the test kitchen and stuff. And I was, like, what was interesting was, like, he had to have in that kitchen every single type of equipment yep. that's available at the different restaurants. And my restaurant... Had very different equipment than a newer restaurant does have in opening up. Cause like like they had like the clamshell grills and stuff, and yeah. we had none of that. So he's got like three different setups for like three different types of kitchens that are out there. And I was like, it, like for somebody who was like, if if, if you're a, a chef, somebody who like you know, it's like it's like a playground. Oh yeah, you know that's the same thing. All with the oddball stuff that he gets. Like, so I can imagine like like Gitka is the same thing. Like you know, yeah. you, and you have the vendors coming in trying to sell you on like. Hey, this is the new our new product that we're offering. We think it you know it paired great with this on your menu or this on your menu. And you're like, oh wow. Okay. Oh, he was showing me everything. Yeah. I mean, just all the bread choices. First of all, they have all the coffee. Like you you know, if I was a coffee drinker, I've been crazy because they had yeah. all the coffee, all the like the moan and syrups, everything was there. Um all the ingredients to make the whole menu, plus 
all the other stuff that he's thinking about bringing on. Yeah. So many different types of, you know, bread types. Like, I could have... We could have stayed... I mean, we, we were doing... Obviously, we couldn't stay for the, everything because it was, like, the commercial shoot. And, uh, you know, if this were, like... Um, this was like a Zoom thing we could go through and show you, well, you know, the commercial and everything right right on there. But, like, all the different shots, like, I'm trying to... Like, the one shot you see me, like, ladling something on the sauce, and I have to do it... I had to do it left-handed because of how everything looked. Was, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I was, like, yeah, blocking and stuff. Yeah. 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 The way they were shooting, um, and then, obviously, there's going to be... I laugh because every time I look at everything they made us redo, because, like, you know, we did... We did say our goodbyes and everything, but, like, the camera angles were off. Yeah. So, like, they were like, oh, well, could you switch places and, like, yeah. say that all again? So, I'm, like, say yeah. the exact yeah. same thing I said. And then I had to fake my hello and, and you know, like, oh, goodbye. And then there's one scene. There's one shot where they didn't use because I kept going in and out of the door, um, taking stuff from the car. And then they had me walk by a sign. Nobody would walk by because it's so far, you know, it's yeah. so far away from the building. I'd never be walking by it. But I'm like, all right, I guess. But yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it's, fun day. it's like one of those things you fit, you find out like how fake shit like that is. Yeah, especially when you like. I remember watching um, and it's a completely odd thing. But like that uh, what's the Bruce Willis movie? Um, there's a lot. Well, the one that was from the Pittsburgh. Oh, man. When, oh, jeez. But anyway, at the beginning of that movie, there's a major car chase. If you know anything about Pittsburgh, that car chase could have never taken place. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like, like yeah, we need you to walk past that sign even though it's nowhere near where you would walk because it looks good. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing with that car chase. You know, like, I'm watching going, well, there's, none of these roads connect to anything yeah. where near each other. They're going but, the opposite on a one-way. Yeah, like, but... Yeah. It looks really fucking good, so I get why they did it. You know, but yeah. it's, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, that's how fake, like, shit like that is. Like, yeah, 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 just, we know it doesn't make any sense, but it will. Do it for continuity, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and then we had to make, we had fun, because he, Chef Tom did a, you know, a lot of stuff. We had to make just all the food, because then we had, like, VIPs. Like, they had their special, like, employees there, too, and then Brett Kiesel was there. Um, well, Yeah. Yeah, Brett Kiesel was there. That's another thing. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it just kept my segment. Because I filmed my segment in the kitchen that, you know, where where I make my stuff. So they were just like, oh, let's film you there. And then Chef Tom filmed his uh, on the upstairs of the get-go offices where I didn't get to go. Um, and then we filmed like, <laughs> some stuff with, you know, like Brett Kiesel out on the patio where that... Where I definitely had drinks when it was the restaurant. Um, <laughs> I was like looking right where I had margaritas before was somebody's desk. Yeah. You know, because they turned a, a restaurant into that, you know, get go locate corporate office and they, the, the kitchen is the test kitchen. So memory, memory lane. Yeah. Talking, yeah, yeah. You know, going down that. But no, it was. But then you got Brett Kiesel. Yeah. Super, yeah Bowl, they, Super Bowl champion Brett Kiesel. Yeah. And he's, he's there. Brett. Brett had fun. Well, hey, I you know, anytime he wants to get together, you know, I'll make food. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I know Brett Kiesel had fun. Um, but, I mean, it was a fun, you know, overall day, just kind yeah. of doing stuff like that. And, you know, I, that's the fun thing, you know, about, you know, progressing and 
reaching out and doing stuff like this, you know, um, to get to that point where you had a say, you know, sandwich and get going, we're doing other things because, because uh, I mean that counted as one of their like, you know, pre-screening kind of sessions for new food, right. you know, because we did you know like the brisket burrito, which I think you know was you know it was Tom's idea and it was great, um, you know, and then we did Area Fifty One with on a sourdough kind of thing. I mean, that was the least favorite thing, but I always think that was good. And then he did like a rice bowl, and we did, we did, we did a lot more stuff than we presented because we also did a double decker sandwich where you know, you know, one of the patties was a meatloaf instead of meat, you know. No, oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember I the first thing I had was at Kings, like in Pittsburgh. We went to Kings, and I had them, you know, sub meatloaf. Yeah, I did that at at a Kings. And it was freaking delicious, you know. Yeah, that kind of thing, you know. I'm well, like, I grew up on that meatloaf. That cold meatloaf, you yeah. slice and you throw it right on the. It's good. Right it's good. Butt, yeah. Hey, if you, I recommend. Definitely, if I have a restaurant, I'm definitely doing kind of the half meatloaf, half regular, you know, double cheeseburger because yeah. it's just a different, just the difference between the two meats it's, makes the sandwich. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't logistically, when you think about it. They're both beef, but it's like just enough just to taste different. Yeah, oh, yeah, consistency. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. I've yeah. had. I mean, I'm, you know. Yeah. So I always like meatloaf the next day anyway on a sandwich. Exactly. So <laughs> right. we did a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, Kitco was fun. I hope to you know rekindle you know kind of the magic we had. The sandwich kind of got. Um, it didn't do as well because you know it was a pandemic. The sales weren't were down, but. I'm hoping the next thing we do together, it goes through the roof. And I, I definitely go back um, whenever the restrictions are lifted. I definitely yeah. would work in the kitchen with, you know, Tom. It was fun. Um, we were exchanging emails all the time. There were so many, so many Sanjuk's concepts that I sent him. He must have thought I was a madman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's definitely a win for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, this is definitely awesome. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, for, for the stickers, for the the seat, the, the, the sauces. I mean, this is we'd like to have you back on. We love that back. I love yeah, having you back on. Talk is yeah, like yeah. Ba- maybe after Strange New World, have you on and get your sure. your take and sure, yeah, you know, a couple, yeah, you know, this is a nerd podcast. I get to nerd. I don't mind nerding out. So you know, if you how you feel, you know you. Just message me if you want me to check out any um, series. I can't. I, there's no way I'm gonna get. Um, uh, what is it? The Expanse done. That's that's a no go. <laughs> I don't have enough hours. Like enough uninterrupted hours. That's the thing I hate. Is I have to keep my phone on in case there's just the sky is falling and that I would, actually happens. I would recommend, and I, you may have already watched it, but the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Oh no, that's that is. Amazing. Yeah. Even though, here's the thing. It's amazing because my favorite Star Trek, one of my favorite Star Trek writers is involved, is... Ronald D. Moore. Ronald D. Moore, yeah. yeah. I've noticed a lot of the episodes that he writes are things that I like. Yeah. He's involved with it. It's a well-done series, despite me having a lot of objections from the stuff they didn't do. But it's well written and it's well acted out and it, it 
it, it also helps that I watched it like eight or nine years after everybody else. Um, cause I didn't, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I remember a friend asked me to go and I don't know why I said no, but they were like, Oh, well they're going to do, they're going to have like food and stuff. I don't know why I, I still don't know why I said no. It was a nerd thing back then. And mm-hmm. I, they were like, yeah, we're going. And I was just like, no, I'm just going to chill here for some stupid reason. But, and, and I still regret it because they, I probably would have watched it when it was happening. But no, like, because uh, the, they did the two hour premiere. Um, God, I, that was real stupid. I should have went. Um, no, I, you know, uh, I should have watched some of the pre stuff. Uh, definitely, but I mean, yeah, like Battlestar Galactica uh, is like like that. Yeah. That was a good show. Like that, that was. And I, I want to wrap the show because we're at two hours and twenty minutes. But yeah. like real quick, like I went into that show hating it. Yeah. Like I was like, how dare you take this show from my childhood? Yeah. This show that I held dear, yeah. you know, and you know, Starbucks a girl. How. Fucking dare you! And I, I, I watched the pilot, the, 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 the two, two night pilot. Yeah. And got completely turned around by the end of that thing, because just, it was so fucking good. Edward James almost is so, almost is so good. Like you, you basically got Cobra Kai, which is what I'm gonna call stuff now, because, yeah. like, like, yeah, I mean, they, they, the they, same they, thing. It, they took that, that, that. Uber basic concept of what Battlestar Galactica was in the seventies, and they turned it into this amazing show about politics and religion and life and it, like everything. And it was just like, how the fuck? And it's a science fiction show. Yeah, you know, which is and it, and it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like you, if you if you get at the right set of writers, like you can do that. Like it, it, to the point, like the ending of that show. As controversial as it is, I think it's brilliant. And, like, even, like, spoiler, that moment where Starbuck jumps the, the Galactica that last time, and you can see her breaking apart. Like, her back is breaking. And, yeah. like, the f- parts are falling off onto the moon. I was in tears. Because, like, that, that ship was as much a part of the show. Like, the heart and soul of the show was, like, this museum what was supposed to be a museum piece this battered old battle star that was supposed to be retired yeah was our last hope and she finally gave like and it was like i was in tears because of that watching that ship break apart but then it's like the camera pans up it's like oh she did it she got us there she got us home yeah fuck that was amazing yeah i'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it i know i know (laughs) it you know and that's that's what's kind of missing in you know some of the uh, the shows we talked about is just you don't but, set the table for that that doesn't happen you know if you don't like hit on certain notes you know but that's also really hard to create like I, I don't and I don't know how to describe that because like you know that the Battlestar Galactic had about a, I think it was four years it ran for only four yeah. years. It told the story that it had to tell, you know, and, you know, but like, I, I, it's, it's just, it's something that's very hard to hit on. Like, 
we always talk about like in move going to a movie theater and have like a Baptist revival moment where you're just like, oh, oh, you know, like in the same thing, like with like, like I think back to the first season of The Mandalorian and you know the X Wing shows up at the series the season finale, and like you know the lightsaber you're watching I'm just like I'm having like I'm standing in my living room yeah. just like yeah I stood up too I couldn't you know, sit down I couldn't yeah. sit down because I was just like you know this uh, tears rolling down my face because it's like this is amazing I can't believe they're fucking doing it I can't believe I was fucking red five you know and it was showing and that I think hmm. pulling that emotion out of you is something that's really hard to do and I don't think Star Trek has ever figured that out over the years like I, I, they've done amazing shows, but I've never had that type of emotional attachment. Maybe in Star Trek Three when they blew up the Enterprise. I think well, some of it Wrath of Khan, like when yeah. Spock dies. But by the time I'd watched any of those movies, we already know there was a three and a four, right? And you know, so it's it's different. Uh, you know, I saw those in the movie theater, yeah, though, yeah. so like it was a little different for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah, Spock dying, you know, possibly. Yeah, Spock, um, Spock dying. I mean, that that I uh, woman. Like, if if even today know, that rat scene gives me, I still going back to what's his name. I I agree with you. Like the Spock dying because when I saw that in theater, I was crying in theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he like when he straightens his. Yeah, when he's like tunic up before he turns shit, around. Shit together, yeah, because you know he's gonna talk to his captain. Shit like that, just like oh, oh I'm done. Yeah. But and yeah. I, I like and <laughs> I know you hate the movie, but when Cyborg when when Cyborg turns around and goes, what does God need with a starship? That was like Kirk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Kirk, Kirk. Kirk says that. Yeah. yeah, when he says that, and he turns around and says, "Tell me about your pain." You know what I mean? Like yeah. that yeah. was like a moment to me. I was yeah. like, he's gonna die. And I love that character. He's yeah. one of my. Yeah. He's very revered to me. Yeah. Ask him. As bad as that movie is, I love it. it. That, like that, like we both well, agree. Like that character would have been much more interesting. That, guy. that gets to the crux of everything. He's not a mustachioed bad guy. Yeah. But he's an antagonist because he's hijacked the Enterprise. That's when I. That's if if anything can like round out how I feel about the pe- the people who write Picard, Discovery. And the new Star Trek movies is they don't know how to have somebody like Cybok, where Cybok <clears throat> at most, at most, is just misguided. Yeah. Right. Like they don't know how to ha- they don't know how to write that where it's like Cybok's not like I'm gonna murder you or anything. Right. Like he showed concern for the captain, um, for people getting hurt, like Scott, you know. Like he just was like, I'm just trying to well, it's the villains you love. What is it? The villains you love to hate. Yeah. Well, or the villain that you, when you sit down, and you think about it, like, eh, maybe they were. He's, right. not, I mean, yeah. he's Thanos. I mean, Th- Thanos is like, I don't agree with how you're going about things, but you bring up some very interesting points. Yeah. Killmonger in in, in uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, you're going about it all the wrong way, but you bring up some interesting points. Uh, you know that. Or worthy of discussion. Exactly. You know, like, so, like those those types of villains, like, are the types of villain I love. That's like, I get your point of view, but did uh, you have to wipe out half of the all yeah. living? And and with Cyborg, you're taking out the whole wipe out the half thing. He's yeah. just like, 
he's basically just like brainwashing people, but they're not. Uh, the temptation for right. them to write something else along with him just like they'd be like, oh, there's no way they can just be happy brainwash people they have to like murder half the like the staff yeah and that's where they would lose it and that's right. why i like like i don't mind cyborg either like i still watch star trek 5 when it comes on because there's there's some redeemable bones yeah you know there was there was meddling with the script from the studio so i understand you can only work like that so no cyborg is a good villain I mean, you can't even you can't even call him a villain. He's an antagonist. He was just one of the, he was just out of all the series, uh, all the movies. Yeah, he was probably my favorite. One of my favorites. Yeah, because he wasn't yeah. trying to kill. Like Khan was trying to kill people, but he was trying to get. I mean, he he got stranded on a planet and lost everybody. So you could kind of see that, but still not in the same way. Krug from. Star Trek Three was, you know, <laughs> I mean, I love uh, Christopher Lloyd's great, but he was just over the top, just you know, Klingons doing Klingon stuff. But but I but I loved it. But I mean, he's not, he's just that bad guy. That's just what we're talking about. He's just like, yeah, no yielding. Um, Do you like Plummer? Oh, I was mm, just thinking about him sense. the other day. I just. Um, I watched a video today because they were trying to like seeing who to recast if they were to do the movies again, and you can't, you can't re- recast Christopher Plummer because and they they mentioned some really great people, but he was just so spectacular because he just went he went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's just because ha- he's like there's no other way to say it. He's just hamming it up and going after the role. Um, but he's not a must. He's quoting Shakespeare. He's not a mustachio bad guy. They're trying to keep. I liked his acting because I felt like it was something he read. Like when, yeah. he, when he was saying that, he was compassionate about what he was saying. Yeah, it wasn't just the actor. It wasn't. But just it was like <laughs> it made yeah. sense because it's the stuff that he had learned and read and stuff like that. That whole thing, was, like you know, and he's Kirk, this is how you to, wanted it to be anyway. Yeah. Two warriors, one on one. Yeah, but I mean, like yeah. he was actually—you can see him like it's almost him like being able to speak his mind and his chops to someone that's going to understand him versus other, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because yeah. it's going to fall in, you know, you know, the needle's going to break if he says that somewhere else. They're like, what? Yeah. But now yeah. he's talking that he has an yeah. audience. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I felt the actor really portrayed that, you know, like. Not as Christopher Plummer saying it, but as him saying it. General Chang going in there. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I really... It was just well acted. It was just really... Yeah, especially when he's in that courtroom and he's just like, don't wait for that translation, after me now. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 And he's like, yeah, that's... uh, Yeah, you want a bad guy like that who's... He's in on it. He The fix is in, but he's playing it up to the crowd. Like... These guys are the guys. This is why the chancellor yeah. died. Even though he's the guy that did it, he yeah. is, you know, and and that's just unbelievable. Like, because that makes the twist even more, even more deadly. Because you don't, you know, you're not going to say that guy's in on it. Right, right, right. Like, that it's 
that guy is trying to get the conviction, but, you know, if you were to show that to some kids that they, they, they obviously, you know, they might not get the Valeris thing, you know, the, you know, the Vulcan, but they're, you know, they would have guessed anybody but those, you know, those kind of people. Yeah. Right, right. And it's, it's magnificent, you know. Undiscovered Countries, you know, it's a good film. Uh, you know, obviously the even Star Treks get to love. Um, yeah. But you don't realize, you know, you know, the best, one of the best trilogies in sci-fi is 234, you know. Yeah. Just a continuing story. Right, and what's amazing about 2, 3, and 4 is it wasn't planned that way. Yeah. They just kind of like, well, we're making another movie, we got to connect the last one. Yeah. You know, I, I that's like... You're right. It's like one of the greatest trilogies in sci-fi, but it was completely unplanned. And yeah. when you when you look at it, you're like, it's like, wow, it fits together so well. Yeah. Even if you don't like three, I like three. Like I don't think three is as bad as many people will say. Three's just a letdown because there's not much because there it's three's a box episode. Yeah. If you think about it, three's a box episode. That that that's why people didn't like it because they're at a planet. And they stay at that planet. Yeah. And then... Yeah. The planet just destroys itself. And then they're on the Klingon shit, you know. That's... That's why people didn't like it. Because it's a box episode. Right. But it's... it's like to, I just... I like... I mean, I think you're right about, you know... Christopher Lloyd went maybe a little too over the top. But, yeah. But I expect that from Christopher Lloyd. You know, yeah. but it's... But, it's like, so, but like, I, I just... I like that. I, I like that movie. I don't think it's as bad as, like... No. Many other people will say, and then, you know... Christopher Ford's Lloyd Ford. was just a touch too evil. Yeah. You know, because... He's trying to go over the top of... Yeah. Ricardo Montalban, which... Why yeah. are you even trying that? Yeah, you're sandwiched in between that. And then... Yeah. Yeah. And then four was lovely because, again, there's no mustachio bad guy. No. You're, you're playing against the clock. So, that's another reason I, I revere kind of the writing now, because you're telling me... Those people can write like if you think about it, four and five are back-to-back movies that don't really have the over the t- like the the Christopher Lloyd kind of bad guy, right? And there's no way they can write back-to-back movies like that today. There, there's no way they would get ADD lost and just well, something's got to blow up, you know? Well, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I look at. You look at the the Kelvin verse. You're gonna say it, but uh, let's let's. Well, no, I I I I think Cumberbatch failed as Khan. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a shame. But at the same time, like I don't. He's not the villain. He's the antagonist. The villain is Peter Weller. Peter Weller. Yeah, Robocop. You know, you know. But I think I think Star Trek Beyond is probably the best of those three movies and probably gets closest to what you would think or what you want from a Star Trek movie. Yeah, it's... Although I didn't understand... I mean, I kind of understand the you know what the bad guy was saying. Into Darkness was just a complete missed opportunity because... Obviously, Cumberbatch shouldn't have been Khan, but he should have been Gary Mitchell. Yeah. He should have been Gary Mitchell. Yeah. That would have been uh, a fantastic 
movie. Alice Eve should have been, you know, rest in peace, um, Miss, you know, Somerville. She just died, uh, yeah. I think yesterday. Um, Alice Eve should have been that character. Yeah. Those two, because Alice Eve is a good actress. If you haven't seen yeah. the second season of Iron Fist, yeah, she's literally the best, and hands down, the best thing in that second season. Like she kills yeah. it as Typhoid Mary. Yeah, like you're, like I'm, st- like I'm still mad that we're not gonna get another. Like, I was like, I'm waiting to see the transformation. Right, because she's just playing it so well. Like, but you know that kind of thing. It does. You know, Into Darkness misses. Um, and like beyond kind of makes up for it, except we've already seen the ship get blown up three different movies. Right. That's, 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 that's yeah. why it is. You go back. If, if they hadn't done the blowing up ship in the first two movies and beyond would have beyond hits a little bit differently because then you're like, Oh my God. Cause the person's like Kirk's enterprise got blown up too. And then you're just. You're back into it. Right. And then Beyond becomes a different movie altogether. Like, I think if they had came out of the gate with Beyond, like, and then the other two movies are like flashbacks. Like, if they came, like, it would be something, it would be, it'd be ridiculous to do, but if they didn't do, like, an origin movie to, like, the second movie, like, Beyond was the first movie, everybody's minds would have been blown. And then they would have been like, all right, well, the second movie will do, like, Almost like the Godfather too, where there'll be like right. the origin story, and then like, like, you know, that other part That's of the story. Idea. Yeah, that yeah. would have been. Yeah. That'd be cool. That would have been insane. No, I get your point. Like, I, I yeah, I you know, like I said, I mean, I, In the Darkness is a flawed movie that I, I still like. Yeah, because because I it's. It, it still it, spoke to you about right. things. It's not... See, that's the thing. Like, when somebody there's says... That, there's that moment. Like, when Kirk... Like, cause, you know, they do the flip around with Kirk and Spock. Yeah. And, but... As the ship's falling... Yeah. And it's falling... Th- and, it, and it goes through that cloud cover. You know, like... You're just like, well, uh, you know... She's... And then, you know... The, the, that, that music hits... And she rises up. Yeah. Kirk saved her. And it's just like... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's you know, some beautiful moments yeah. in all of the movies. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I have ups and, ups and downs. Like, I'm not as angry at the movies as I am at, like, you know, Picard. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I was annoyed at the Kobayashi Maru in the first one because that was supposed to be a watershed moment for Kirk where he... It's supposed to be one of those things. It's supposed to be like the movie Real Genius where they, like, they, they do something really spectacular... But they don't get away with it because he's like, I'm going to expel you or whatever. Like, yeah, But right. it's like something that we all find. Like, it's like totally cool, you know? Like, um, when, like, I forget some of the cool stuff in Real Genius. I know they did like the, the ice thing, but... The popcorn. The popcorn, yeah. Yeah. It'd be something like that. Like, it's a nuisance. He's putting the kid's car in his, hot, in his apartment. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you're still getting in trouble. Yeah. It, it's very... It's impressive, but yeah. you're getting in trouble. That's the Kobayashi, for me, the Kobayashi Maru, um, when they did that, that was kind of, I mean, it wasn't game over, but I was like, come on. Because he's just sitting in the chair, you know, eating an apple. Like, 
I, when I think of the Kobayashi, him beating it, I think of him just doing something bonkers off the wall, like ejecting the warp core immediately as soon as they the ships arrive, right. and just detonating it in between the ships, and then tractoring the Kobayashi Maru home. That's kind of the stuff I think. Like that would still get you, that would still get you to fail the test. Yeah, but it would be like a unique solution where the professor would be like. Well, I didn't think of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but then, see, but at the same time, like, don't they establish in, in two that he cheated? Yeah, but that's like, the thing. Completed, it was he completely cheated. So, like, no, no. Well, the way they establish it is, he he technically cheated, but it was so creative that they let him pass. Okay, that's that was the whole thing. That's why, that's why it's it it's kind of sticks in my craw. But I mean, it wasn't that wasn't a deal breaker for the movie. Is what right. I'm saying. Like, uh, it's a nitpick. But it's not a deal breaker. But right. it's like, but that's when you kind of mess with somebody's because that's characterization. Because that that didn't goes to set up, you know, into oh, I don't believe in a no win scenario. So that's how you he gets to do all the stuff where you know you tell the false codes and stuff. Right. It's characterization. That's why. Right. And so you kind of by taking the easy way out, you kind of take. You kind of cut Kirk's legs off from out of, under him because now people don't like the Kobayashi Maru doesn't. It, it's it's almost a hard thing to put on a film because you really can't stand up to it, right? Like, because now people are just going to think of him, you know, doing. It's almost like a magic trick, almost like, or like he's <laughs> eating that apple. You know, it it doesn't seem quite as like clever, and so when he does something. When they call back to it, they're not going to think, like, the amazing escape or anything right. else like that. You know, it's just, it seems a little routine. But, you know, I just think for callback's sake, they should have tried a little bit, either a little bit harder or at least to obscure it. Because then when the guy goes to Spock, how did he beat your test? If you got something outrageous, <clears throat> yeah, then Spock says, says, I don't know. Like, yeah, build something there. Because then right. Spock's, like, annoyed. For Vulcan annoyed, you know, and he's not searching. Instead, you know, Kirk gets caught immediately and it's just, like, expelled. You know, it's like... <clears throat> but, you know, it kind of puts in your mind where it's like, you know, you see Spock going through the machine. Like, you can see him with, like, wires and looking, flashlight looking. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff I wanted to, like... If you if you do it a little bit different, that's the kind of feeling you get. You're like, Spock's, like, real pissed. And then he finds like the one thing Kirk did, and then and then yeah, boom. It's you know it's it's the slow build yeah yeah. Jamal, this has been amazing. I know. <laughs> yes. No, I mean I could I could talk to you all night. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, we got to wrap it up. All right, no problem. <laughs> well, I just for next time, you know, if mm-hmm. you guys email me something, if it's a series I can get through, like at least to see like Peacemaker, um, you know. I get the, you know, I can, like, watch and still right. have my phone on. I, you know, yeah, I will look out for... I promise I'll watch Strange New Worlds when it comes out. Okay. Um, I promise I'll finish Discovery the last three episodes. But we all know they're going to rush through them. Right. Um, and uh, I forget what else. If you guys name something else or a couple other things, I can probably get done on the okay. sci-fi thing. Definitely going to nerd it out. Um... I don't know if uh, I don't know when Doctor Strange comes out, but it looks 
Looks weird. Yeah, we um, haven't, we haven't go down that tail. Yeah, we haven't gone down that tail. I'd like to have you back on just to go yeah, down yeah. that marble rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I can tell you I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. I know we got to get off, but I'll just say I loved it. Won't go into anything, but I loved it. <laughs> Me too. So, again, what's the website? Ah, UncleJammies.com. Jammies is spelled J-A-M-M-Y-S. UncleJammies.com. Check out the website. Look, I mean, there's going to be something for you to buy. They have You've got a lot of flavors, a lot of interesting flavors, a lot of traditional flavors. Um, I'm, I was certainly I was, I was looking at something uh, with a, like a garlic butter type of deal, which looked, looked amazing. So check okay. it out. All sorts of good stuff there. We highly, highly You guys recommend. are going to be able to do testimonials. I'm yes. do this stuff with you. So. Exactly. Um, and uh, so check it out, please. We, um, and as far as we go, uh, if you want to send us an email... Uh, you can send an email us at pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. And uh, we are a member of a number of podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, or as Jamal found us at the uh, Pod Breed Network. Uh, just give them a Google search, and you'll find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And last, as always, I want to thank you, especially if you have stuck this one on. It's been a long trek, but a good one. Uh, we can't thank you enough for, for taking the time to enjoy our hijinks and or shenanigans, whichever it is that you prefer. And uh, on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. <laughs>